Are you going to North Wilkesboro this weekend for the Truck Series and NASCAR All-Star Race? If so, we want to meet you. Rick Houston and the Daily Downforce crew will be at North Wilkesboro Speedway this weekend. We'll be at the Moonshine and Motorsports Trail booth in the Fan Zone on Saturday at noon. We'll have a show truck there and some cool giveaways as well, so come check us out and say hello. Hey y'all, Rick Houston here, and I want to tell you about my new show, the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast. I've partnered up with the state of North Carolina Department of Natural and Cultural Resources to help uncover the history behind moonshining mountain boys, professional wheelmen, and the backwoods and city lights of the Tar Heel State. In the first episode, I sat down with Winston Kelly at the NASCAR Hall of Fame for a little behind-the-scenes gossip about Junior Johnson's engineering skills. He's got two things in his hand, pipe wrench and channel lock pliers, and they weren't new. They yeah. had been, they had been yeah. around the block a time or two. Wasn't so, the first deal they built, I bet. No, no, you know, you could, I think they were, they had, the, the pliers had been red before, but paint had worn off. And in the second episode, I talked to a professional hillbilly, a.k.a. Dr. Daniel Pierce of UNC Asheville, to find out the real history of moonshiners and their battles with the revenuers. He wrote about one of his experience of trying to chase down this uh, this bootlegger and this this souped up car, and he he complained that the government gave him these piece of crap, cheapo cars, and that, that were really no match. But he thought he was doing pretty good, and then the guy just hits it and just takes off and practically disappears. But then the guy makes a bootleg turn uh, and comes back towards him. And as he said, it was a game of chicken, and I was a chicken. And so he ran off the road. And actually, he was the guy who, who caught Junior Johnson at his daddy still when Junior got tangled up in a, in a barbed wire fence. So check out the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast, available on YouTube, DailyDownForce.com, and all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And be sure to check out my regular show on NASCAR history, the Scene Vault Podcast. Hey there, NASCAR fans. Have you got your copy of the latest edition of NASCAR Pole Position Print Magazine? If not, there's no better time than now to subscribe at PolePositionMag.com. NASCAR Pole Position is the only print magazine covering NASCAR. Officially licensed by NASCAR, NASCAR Pole Position Magazine is published throughout the NASCAR season, and each edition is an instant collector's item. Backed with great feature stories and photography. The magazine is even mailed to you in a poly bag for those who love to collect NASCAR memorabilia. At PolePositionMag.com, you can even find past issues available to purchase. Get your subscription to NASCAR Pole Position and get great NASCAR content delivered straight to your mailbox throughout the season. Learn more at PolePositionMag.com. That's PolePositionMag.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That's my clock tonight. Go get us the W. Hell yeah. Ready. Turn your What the f***? Copy. Right on down. We got to go, Brad. 
Hey, everybody. Welcome to NWP tonight here on Denby Talks. Uh, forgive the double intro, double the fun here on Denby <laughs> Talks, I guess. Uh, Monday, I was uh, playing trains. This week, we're back to business as usual with NWP. Uh, if you'll notice, there's only three of us on tonight. Eric has got some things going on, so unfortunately, he will not be able to be here with us. Um, but hopefully, Eric will be back on next week as you know things get back to normal. But we do have myself, the Iceberg, and Black Black Matter, Darren Gilliam, on with us. So, guys, let's get into it. Uh, let's get straight into some of our hottest, and I mean, no, not hot. I want cold takes this week. I want to hear who has the coldest take. If you have a hot take, then you are the loser this week. I want to hear who has the coldest take. We're changing up on you guys just a little bit. Who has the coldest take? Darian, how cold can you go? Look, we need to just accept the facts. Formula One has officially taken over America with its superb product. It's way better racing, a much better fan base, and just more exciting personalities. I mean, already three races in the United States, man. I Look, NASCAR, look, I get, you know, the racing's getting better, but man, Formula One is worldwide. It's international. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gets a lot more attention. It's starting to get a lot more attention in the States. Hell, Las Vegas is, has sold its soul to have a race there, too. So, look, it's a no-brainer, man. Formula One is taking over. And us as NASCAR fans, we just need to accept it. I don't know, man. That That's a little too hot for me. For me, my cold take is this. We're so upset with the way that NASCAR performed this weekend at at Richmond and people want change we're testing changes guys we had the solution all along the 550 package it should come back only at short tracks that's what should happen it will fix everything closer racing who cares who's not passing the racing is closer we should have the 550 back that sounds hot too <laughs> did nobody pay attention to the rules this week I don't Oh man, I don't, oh man, go ahead, Danny. You maybe you got okay. it. Okay, <laughs> okay. Well, guys, I'm just gonna come out and say it. I think RFK can win a championship this year with either Chris Busher or Brad Keselowski. They have been coming to life at the right time. They say that this track could mean a lot for the championship. They looked great. Both of them did. And both times we've seen Chris Buescher win of RFK Racing, Brad Keselowski also looked like he could have very easily won that race too. We have a good lineup coming up, and especially for Brad Keselowski. He's going to go to Bristol in the first round. That's a great track for him and Chris. Either one of them could get the win. Then there's going to be Talladega mixed in there. Brad Keselowski has won a lot of races there. And then Martinsville. This team looks like they have a great short track program. Brad Kozlowski could win Bristol. He could win Talladega. He could win Martinsville. And then he could ride off into the sunset of Phoenix and win that championship. RFK Racing wins the championship this year. There you go. See, I feel like you could label these as either hot or cold takes. I don't know, man. It's I don't I don't know the rules exactly. So, so feel- the thing is the thing is, I think we were all hot there. So what was the coldest of that? I want the chat to tell us. Okay. All right. So I I'm assuming maybe Danny's, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I think Eric yeah. didn't give a take. 
Oh yeah. So yeah. Eric, Eric's the automatic victor. Congratulations. The poll is just for second place, but yeah. Well, people are saying they actually agree with me, so I guess that's the coldest ah, one. Ah, there you go. There you go. See, see. All right. <laughs> well, we had uh, we got a few races this weekend. Oh yes, yes sir. Yeah. Yes sir. Let's start getting into them, Danny. So, uh, Danny, we had we had Richmond, man. So, give us your yeah. initial thoughts, bro. RFK, bro. Winners. Yeah. So, going off of my hot, cold take, whatever you want to call it, uh, man, Chris Busher, uh, he just he had it figured out there. Dan, him and Brad both, they you know made the right moves and ultimately got it done. They've been close a lot of times this year. Both of them have, and finally been able to to pull through and. You know, get it done. And Darian, once again, proven the Fastenal curse has been dead for a while. Yeah. Well, no, it officially ended last year and I made a whole video on that. But now it's like now that he's like one for the second year in a row in that car. Now it's like, OK, it's like for sure dead for sure. Like it's never coming back. It's dead and gone and buried just like Kentucky Speedway, hopefully. But anyways, you know, Chris Busher, man, it's been a long time coming. And a lot of people fail to realize this is actually his third career win. Let's not forget the uh, the first career win, 2016. Just, just, you can call it second win of RFK. There you go. So the second ever win for RFK, second season in a row. I mean, look, uh, he was with Roush, you know, before Brad Kozlowski came along. And it was great to see at least one of the guys, you know, from the previous era of, of Roush racing, you know, come over uh, with Brad Kozlowski and, you know, uh, bring the program, Brad, um, uh, bring the program Brad, uh, back to some type of prominence. And I see I see Eric Eastep started the 17s in the chat. It's good to see him in the chat, though. <laughs> So, but, um, but yeah, no, it's great to see that team, you know, moving in the right trajectory, not just him, but Brad Kozlowski. I know Brad Kozlowski doesn't have a win, but my gosh, I feel like a win is, is a right around the corner, you know, and, and when he gets that, that'll be one of the most popular wins in recent NASCAR memory. Um, but yeah, both of these cars, I mean, you have one car that's officially locked in with the win and the other, uh, pretty much locked in on points, I'd say, um, in the uh, next few races. So, Hey, the future's looking bright for RFK. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd I'd say so too. I think with Kozlowski, uh, it's that pit issue, man. Like he's he's so close each week, and it seems like something always happens. Whether it's a bad, you know, bad issue like in the pits, like this week, or if it's just a bad restart, picks the wrong line, whatever it is. I'm telling you, Brad Kozlowski is getting closer. He's getting I, I I can feel the win coming. I don't know if it's gonna come in SRX or Cup, but one way or another, he's gonna win. Um, but I gotta say, when it comes to Chris Busher, man, he I know some people think I'm overreacting with this, but I think he is one of the better young drivers per se to uh to kind of almost be like a little bit of a late bloomer. I mean, he's been in the cup series, what, ten almost ten years now? Uh I wouldn't be surprised if he has, like, I won't say to the level of Martin Truex Jr., but a similar career to him because he is over and over again taking equipment that maybe, you know, like the like last couple of years, RFK would run in the, and Roush would run in the 20s and run in top 10 with it and then top five. And now he's, you know, getting a win at Bristol last year and a win now at Richmond. He's getting better. I think he's the most consistent guy now on the road courses. I wouldn't be surprised if Busher is a multi-time winner this year and for a couple years to come with the trajectories on and the fact that he's not even close yet to peaking as a driver. 
Yeah, for sure. And I mean, Brad Kozlowski with the team, I mean, Brad Kozlowski's proven to be, you know, another Tony Stewart type owner where he's just able to come into a team, you know, stamp his personnel, you know, you know, really make his mark and ultimately turn the team around, you know, like, and he's done it in a relatively short period of time. I mean, like they were growing pains, you know, to start last season and it became clear right away that Brad Kozlowski wasn't going to make the, you know, wasn't going to be, you know, uh, wasn't going to be competing for a championship right away. But, um, Hey, now, you know, the, you know, the, the potential is there. I mean, these are the NASCAR playoffs. So you just need to put, you know, um, um, great three race stretches together and just, you know, advance round by round. But, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully Jimmy Johnson, uh, you know, takes a couple of notes uh, from Keselowski on how to, you know, come into the cup series right away. You know, j- just say it, just say it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, now I've got a uh, poll. Uh, is RFK back so far? 57% have said yes. 10% have said no. 33% have said they are Brack. <laughs> well, I'd say I, I'd agree to some extent, of course. Now, obviously not to the level of, you know, 2005, 2006 type. I mean, like where they were just, you know, it seemed like they were winning races week by week and they had a lot more cars. They had five cars make, you know, the 10 person chase at the time. But um, they're definitely moving in the right direction. Um, you know, like, again, these are the playoffs. So, I mean, like, I, I feel like I, I wouldn't be shocked if at least one of their cars made the round of eight. That wouldn't shock me because we saw last year Storehouse Racing's Chase Briscoe just out of nowhere, you know, makes the round of eight. So, again, you just need to put, you know, these three race stretches together and, you know, you can just advance round by round. So I'll raise a question. Would you say this is the best overall that a Roush team has been since, let's say, 2013, you know, around the time that Matt Kenseth left? I'd say since 2014, I feel like, because even in 2014, you still had, you know, Edwards, you know, winning a couple races here or there. Um, yeah, I'd say since 2014, because Edwards, he had made the playoffs before he had moved on uh, from Rouse Racing. I'd say once Edwards left, like that team was really starting to, to decline rapidly. Yeah, I I think this is definitely the best they've, they've certainly looked in a while. Uh, I don't think anyone can deny that. I. I think they're definitely showing that they are definitely going in the in the correct direction. I I don't think they're at threat to disappear like they might have looked a few years ago. Yeah, because a few years ago we were like, hey, what's the future of this team, bro? Because like, I mean, like obviously they weren't what they used to be, and you know, you felt like to some extent Roush Racing's, uh, you know, the way he ran the team, like you know, his ways of business were totally outdated. I mean, hell, even Mark Martin when he's on the podcast was like, you know, telling us some of the things he would do, and it'd be like wow, like, hey, no wonder this team is on the, you know, was on the, uh, was on the uh, uh, decline, you know, it, it was a long time coming, I guess, you know, in hindsight, but now that he has Brad Kozlowski, he can sort of, you know, balance it out, you know, balance out the team personnel and stuff, and it seems to be working out so far, so. Well, and I'm looking at Busher's stat line right now, he's almost led the same amount of laps that he had last year already, uh, he has more top fives already than the last two. Well, he has as many top fives as the last two years combined. He's almost matches top tens from last year. His average is a 13.5 now, where before the highest it's ever been is 17.3. I'm not saying that I think he is all of a sudden going to become the, the biggest you know championship guy out there, but I really think that going into the playoffs, this is the dark horse you need to look at to put together a, a uh, Briscoe type of run like we saw last year where Briscoe probably had 
and I think that that Busher has more business being uh, there than uh, mm-hmm. Briscoe. A lot more. Well, Briscoe had no business being there, and somehow managed to get there up until like the last twenty laps or so of Martinsville. He was at in or around that that cut line. I could totally see Busher doing that with the speed that they're getting and the tracks that they have ahead. Absolutely. I mean, just seeing them running one, two, just consistently, like not off a of strategy. Like when's the last time we saw Rouse racing running, you know, running one, two, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it felt like, it felt like my childhood again. Like, Hey, th- there we go. This is like I, one of the teams that we love to see back up front again. I saw someone posted a picture of like the, the lineup where all of them made the, the chase that year and said, uh, this is RFK at Richmond. <laughs> Nope, that was me. I think, well, I think it was me. I probably wasn't the only one. It might have been you. I don't know. Yeah, I probably wasn't the only one who said that. But then again, like, I think Keselowski had problems. So then people were like, oh, he jinxed him again. He jinxed him again. It's like, hey, look, I'm just doing my job here. Sorry. But, uh, hey, let's not, uh, (laughs) I see the poll here, though, Danny. Oh, hey. Hey, no, we got another Rick Allen moment from this Chris uh, Chris Bushman. (laughs) What was it, Danny? What was it? Say for me. Say for me. A population of only (laughs) 30,000. That's not even Dude, a small town. Hey, let me let me yeah. tell y'all. Let me tell y'all something, man. Like, so my internet went out. Okay, and the only reason I uh, the only way I was able to watch the race was using my my uh, effing pocket Wi-Fi thing. Jared knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. So I, so it was out for 24 hours. So I had to resort to using that. And thank goodness, like thank goodness, I didn't miss the race in general. I was just happy about that. But thank goodness, I did not miss that freaking Rick Allen meme, a brand new meme, bro. Because once I like once I heard that in the moment, I was like, okay, Chris Busher won, great. But then in like a few seconds later, I'm like, that was so random. 30,000? Like, that's not even a lot, like Jared just said. Okay. Not even close. Okay, from now on, when Kyle Bush wins, I want to hear, he's from Las Vegas, which has a population of 646,000. Like, Danny, I'm pretty sure like where we live has uh, way less than 30K, right? Uh, I, I'm talking about, well, I'm going to look up because you live in one town. Jarrett lives in another town. So yeah, me, yeah. I, yeah, I, was, it up. <laughs> I forgot who it was, but I saw somebody on Reddit who who was saying that there was a I, I can't remember if it was like Timmy Hill or who it was, but there's a driver from a town with like eight people as the population of the town. Yeah. And so I'm like that's <laughs> that's something you could talk about. I'm like, uh, I, get, I get what he meant. There was like because there was probably 40, 45,000. Uh, I know people ripped on the crowd. I honestly thought for Richmond in the summer it was that decent. wasn't bad for a second race yeah but i get what he's trying to do okay so for further context i'm I'm not going to do the specifics but we live near nashville not in nashville we live in one of those towns it's kind of on the outside of nashville Mm -hmm. but darian is in a different town technically even though it kind of feels like it connects to our town uh, where darian lives has a population according to the 2021 census data of 17,344 people versus where me and Jarrett live as of 2021 has a population of 62,257. So we have nearly double of Prosper, Texas. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yes. See, if, if Rick Allen would have said like a population of 30, 300 or hell, even 3,000, it would have meant a lot. But geez, man, like, like, oh, like Claudia just said, Danny's hometown, only 5,000. Uh, yeah, actually, actually, yeah, let me see. I, I grew up in Harrogate, Tennessee. The oh. population, it's not even 5,000, 4,327 people from Harrogate. <laughs> see, that means a lot, but 30,000? Nah, bro, like, that's just a regular place, yeah, these, you know? Yeah, like, I mean, I'm looking, it, it, that's about the size of the town I grew up in. Like, I, yeah. I didn't, I, that's not, and that's not a small town, so I'm... 
I, I, I just, mean, it was so awkward. That that's if he <laughs> if he delivered it right, maybe it would have worked. But it was so damn awkward. Right it was now. it was like it was like what was the point? Is, is it is he trying to say not a lot of people at the race, or, or there's a lot of people at the race? I don't really know. Yeah, just the Rick Allen moment. <laughs> but but hey, look, Rick, I mean, Rick, oh, Rick we, we 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 love Rick. It's, it's, <laughs> we do. He, he stopped saying problems, and I hate that because people memed it to death. Well, Rick, we're, we're still gonna meme you, bud. So just go back to saying problems. Yeah, Eric but, says his hometown is like two million. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. There you go. Eric Eastep, whose hometown has more people than yeah. watched one of the races. Oh. And and Will England brings up so so Dawsonville, Georgia, where the Elliots are from, has um just a little over four thousand. Like, why hasn't he said that for like Chase Elliott ever? You know, like that would mean a lot. You know, I I don't know because we need to talk about the siren, the sirens. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, look, Rick Allen for the most part, he's been great for NBC. But my gosh, you can be it. He's so easy to meme sometimes though. I, I still I still um, think he's way better than he used to be, but oh yeah, uh, you, you know you, you know I only thirty thousand that sounds uh, so small. I think uh, it, they should he should try that in a small town. I didn't see how that happens for him. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, go to a small town and say your population will be like, yeah, well, okay, that's a little. <laughs> you know, maybe we can look it up later. But I, I, I was wondering uh, how differently maybe the RFK guys grew up compared to the twenty three eleven ones because uh, I don't know what caused it, but one team ascended while the other team was just that like had victory and just gave it away. Just well, you know what. I'm not. I would like it, to say I'm. Oh, go ahead, Danny. Go ahead. I was just gonna say. I was gonna say it, it still wasn't quite like a. It wasn't like a time Jeski type choke, but they they definitely still let that one go. Well, I would like to say I'm shocked, but dude, I mean this. We've seen this time and time again from you know 2311 in their history and just the season alone. I mean, we've seen them you know run up front and stuff. Look like hey, they're gonna be there towards the end, and then whether it's uh, you know bad luck or faults of their own then it's always something, man. I mean, Bubba Wallace had, yet again, more issues with his pick crew. And then what was Tyler Reddick's issue? Did he just fade to the back, or, or what was his issue? I I thought there was that. I thought they were – I can't remember if they were on a different strategy or not. That's the thing. It's like this race I didn't think was bad per se, but I honestly like – They left a lot on the table. Well, like Bubba Wallace – It's kind of forgettable at times. Yeah, Bubba – yeah, Bubba Wallace finished 12th and Tyler Reich finished 16th, but they should have had way better finishes than than what they had. But but yeah, look, for the most part, though, I mean, if we kind of want to sort of talk about the topic of the race, like, I don't know, like this race, again, I felt like is just it always splits oh. the fan base down the middle. I feel like. Peter Strada says Reddick hit the orange pit road oh, box. That's right. And then he also said Bubba had a slow pit stop. His, oh, yeah, his, 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 pit, his pit crew cost him. Are you, yeah, are yeah. you, are you surprised no. Bubba Wallace's pit crew struggling? Not really. Not really. So, so what's going to happen is we all saw that crazy fast Ty Gibbs pit stop and they're going to take them and move them to the 23 now. Yeah, dude, Ty Gibbs, like, didn't they say that was the fastest pit stop in NASCAR history? That's, yes. that's cool. Or four tires, eight, eight, yeah. It was, yeah. Eight, what, it was, what, eight seconds? Yeah, yeah. eight point something. But and, and you know what? Hey, that's the same pit crew that won the pit crew competition. So. But hey, get, getting back to true. the 2311 side of it, it's just over and over again, it, it's underachieving. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they, they consistently underachieve. So I guess they are consistent one thing. They consistently underachieve. And with Reddick... He's been on such a backslide. I think just honestly not crashing out of the race was an improvement, but 
it both of them just continuously leave points on the table and i can i don't know based on just points alone and i'll check it really quick where reddick is but you have to think at this point that the, the way they keep hemorrhaging spots and points in these races it's going to affect the playoff seating that they have it's, you know bubba's not going to get any points for being top 10 so but reddick he is 12 he's 12 just in the consistent points alone yeah how far out of the top 10 uh he is uh well it's only seven points actually okay so not as far but so yeah so let's he say he could be up there yeah. let's say he's you know finishes 10 spots higher than than he did in this race <laughs> he is gonna he would be 10th in points knocking on the door of ryan blaney kyle larson and ross chastain uh, honestly tyler tyler reddick could easily be sixth in points right now and be getting a lot of extra uh points going into the playoffs it's Again, it's like he they have the speed to compete. They just find ways to shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah. I mean, uh, especially at the early portion of the season, definitely for sure. I'm going to ask you guys this and I might actually put a, a poll into the chat. So, but, we're going to we're going to talk about the playoff bubble here in a minute. Um but Ty Gibbs, you know, he's close, but if he doesn't make it in, would it make sense for them to move his really good pit crew to either to 45 or 23? Yes, no. absolutely. No. Whoa, whoa, whoa why no. not? Why not, Jared? Let's, because let's we, they can't keep moving whoever's performing well to help the 23 and 45. They need to work on their own pit crews. Work on the, the problem. Stop putting Band-Aids on it. Because what's going to happen is they're going to what? Switch the 45 and you know or the 23 and the 54s and are they going to switch them back in the playoffs? You haven't fixed the problem. All you've done is just given another team the problem for a couple weeks and then from there switched it back once the playoffs start if they make it in. So I I and honestly, I think whichever team has that pit crew is going to be at a detriment. So I don't see why Joe Gibbs would want his grandson to have that. See, the problem is, is that I'm not d- disagreeing with uh, what you're saying. It's totally logical, but the problem is this is the way teams have done business for, for years though, man. Like, yeah, go back to Jimmy Johnson's championship season. They took, you know, some of, um, some of uh, Jeff Gordon's pit crews and stuff too, and still want a championship. So, I mean, like it works sometimes it doesn't work, but I mean, like for the playoffs though, I, I mean, like I, I I could totally see them doing that for, you know, um, I would say the 45 more than likely because he's the best car, best team on that, you know, in that organization. But, hey, they had the alliances for a reason. So, hey, maybe if Joe Gibbs um, wants to land a a helping hand, maybe he can can do so. I think fixing the core issue would be better. One, because the Hendrick comparison, that's the best team in the last 30 years of NASCAR, maybe ever compared to 2311. Uh, and two, and two, if they're con- consistently, and this has been a consistent problem since 2021, have this issue, there needs to be some kind of internal meeting, you know, come to Jesus moment. Lord knows Joe Gibbs would have that with them. Like have something like that so that they can fix this problem and not every year have to bandaid it up. I, I get that. Okay. Yeah. One year it might be, but for the 45, is the 45 really going to win a championship this year against some of the better ones? And is Joe Gibbs going to want to give an affiliate team the better Honestly, team to beat the 19 and the 20? Now that I think about 11? it, now that I think about it, it would be more likely for him to give his grandson's pit crew to like, you know, either the 11, 19, or 20 if they needed it. 
you know, but I don't know. Like, I feel like, I feel like for Denny Hamlin to get that crew, he would have to pull a ton of strings. Like he would have to really convince like Joe Gibbs, like, Hey, like, like we really feel like we can win this. Like we need your pit crew for this. Well, playoffs. I mean, if, if that's the case, maybe move that team to Denny and then Denny's team to one of them. Yeah. Something like but that. If, and but, again, if it's JGR moving JGR teams, kind of like what Hendrick did, those are teams that can win the championship. I'm sorry. The way it is right now, the way 2311 continuously shoots themselves in the foot, even when they run well, I don't have any faith that they could win anything. I have faith that Christopher Bell could go up and win a championship. I think Denny Hamlin could go and probably finish second again. I, I think that Truex could go and win a championship. I, I, I don't think that Reddick or Bubba, even if they got on a hot streak at this point, with what they've done and what this team overall is, has has the ability to go do that. I'm, I'm just laughing what Eric said. He yeah. said 2311 <laughs> won the title this year. That would mean two of the last three Toyota championships were won by satellite, satellite teams. Toyota teams. Yeah, and then Joe Gibbs, Joe Gibbs is going to run them out of business. <laughs> He's going to up the prices. And and and, and, one, and the only one that actually last one for them, he's no longer with them. Yeah. Yeah, but I love how I love how like some people in the chat also got Denny Hamlin can go and finish second again. <laughs> uh, yeah. But going back like, to this uh, poll, they mostly yeah. agree with Jared here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense though. But uh, then again, I, hey, if, if I'm the 45 and 23 owner, if I have the opportunity to get one of the fastest pit crews in the sport. Hey, I have to look into it at least. But I mean, for that to happen, I feel like Denny Hamlin would have to well, do for, some convincing. I think a lot for of that to happen, we'd have to have a little bit of an agreement come together also with JGR and uh, Denny Hamlin's contract. Oh, yeah. Remember that? That's I mean, true. I know it's probably going to get fixed up, but still, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in the air right now. And if I'm Joe Gibbs, I'm not giving away one of my best assets for my team unless it specifically helps my team. I mean, look, look how they treated... Uh, the 78 team back in the day. Like, and, I'm just thinking of that Brickyard in 20, was it 2017 when they mm-hmm. crashed him and Kyle Busch? Yeah. They're not going to treat, treat him fair, and they're not going to give him any one-ups. Also, this is one of the situations that since he's got the satellite team too, Toyota probably have to step in and say, hey, uh, we don't want to screw right. anything up here. Hey, I, I just thought about this. Hey, maybe maybe Denny should use this for, for contract talks. Like, hey, hey, I'll raise a lot cheaper if we use your pit crews. For I think you should something. use it for <laughs> podcast content, knowing how much he's been. Oh, yes. Build the studio. Everywhere. Build a studio at Joe Gibbs Racing. There you just go. Just don't have Bubba's crew build it for you. They'll ruin yeah. it. Oh, yeah. They'll, yeah. It'll just fall hey, apart. Uh, <laughs> guys, why is this board coming? Car? Oh, gosh. Why is it falling on me? Yeah. <laughs> don't have it built to 2311 because it'll just fall apart like their race strategies. hi yo, hi yo. Well, but. I don't know. They can't get to race strategies if they continuously have slow pit stops. Oh damn! They, they, they got a lot of issues. Like, and it's and it's crazy because like they're not terrible, but I'm gonna put something else out there. Somebody else who struggled. That's another oval, another short oval. Uh, the Hendrick cars looked like crap. Oh gosh! Hey, yeah, let's talk about Hendrick, man. What's going on, man? What is going on with hey hey chat? Some of you Hendrick fanatics, I see you know, including Timmy Wolf with the uh, Chase Elliott picture. What is going on with y'all, man? What has been happening? This, yeah, it's not the first like shorter oval, and this you know Richmond isn't one another one of those tracks we talk about. Like this could you know in some way convert over to mm-hmm. Phoenix. Wow, I just realized this. Not a single one finished in the top ten. Uh-huh. Wow, not a single. Chase Elliott the highest in thirteenth. Only one Hendrick car finished in the top fifteen. 
Oh boy. I'm just saying, are you worried going into November if you're Hendrick Motorsports? Are you worried going into the playoffs if you're Hendrick Motorsports? Because it yes, is. they can probably they're probably gonna have at least one, maybe maybe probably maybe even two if Kyle Larson can have a little good luck. Uh get in the final four. But once you get there, man, you're the yeah. weakest link. I mean, it's kinda like what was it Denny who said that like he knew as soon as the final four was set who was gonna win the championship because of who's good at what tracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just saying. Just yeah. saying. Yeah, looking at the running order. So let's see. Bowman finished so Elliot finished thirteenth, Bowman eighteenth, Larson a nineteenth, and Byron twenty first. Wow. Yeah, that is that is definitely shocking. And and just a few weeks ago, we were talking about Byron as a potential as the potential championship favorite. I'm pretty sure it's switched over to uh to uh, Martin Tricks Jr. at this point. But my gosh, yeah, yeah, that is major fall off, man. Like especially for a track. I mean, didn't Larson Larson just walk here? Like, and then now they just you know completely flip uh, flip the script there. Wow, it's very yeah interesting. yeah. Larson just won here, and then uh. Byron won Phoenix, but it was kind of dominated by Larson a lot of it. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, yeah, if I'm a Hendrick fan too, yeah, I'd be just a tad bit worried. But hey, we still have a, a few more races before the playoffs. So, I mean, if you're a Larson and Byron fan, obviously you're not as worried. But uh, damn, for Hendrick to be struggling in the middle of like a, uh, in the middle of the whole bubble race involving Elliott and Bowman, it is such bad timing because they're already having problems themselves within that team. And, you know, within, you know, just them coming back from injuries. And now you throw in another monkey wrench where it seems like, you know, the Hendrick cars are struggling on these types of tracks. You know, it makes you think like, oh gosh, is this going to bleed over into the, you know, the other tracks and stuff? So, I don't know. We have to wait and see on that. But hey, if I'm a Hendrick fan, I'm just a tad bit worried right now. Is that true? What that super chat just said in the chat? Is that actually no. true? Wait, what did it say? Hold on. Fun fact. All I see. Uh, oh, God. Uh, let, let, f- let me check. One, this, this post has been certified by fact checkers. One, two, three. Uh... We're priest. Oh, priest. Fin- oh, yeah. No, he's right. Yeah, he's Holy right. Holy Jesus. I did not realize. Wow. So for I those in the chat that. And, and those on the uh, audio side, uh, all the SHR cars finished ahead of the Hendrick cars. Yeah, he's right. And SHR. Damn. Yeah, SHR. Hey, shout out to them, man. That, again, just on these short tracks, on these types of tracks, man, they always shine, bro. I mean, Ryan Priest got his first uh, top five of the season and really his first top ten of the season as well. So... Yeah, and he was in contention for a little bit there. And then Eric Almarola, Kevin Harvick, and the uh, the worst finishing short Haas racing car was Chase Briscoe. Hey, so, yeah. Attaboy to, uh, to, to all of them at SHR, but especially Eric Almarola was flying at different points of that race. And, and mm-hmm. just they couldn't stitch it all together. But, hey, if we're going to rip on SHR, too, bring up the fact that they, ha- they have shown microscopic improvement uh, but this week was a big step, I, I'd say, compared to how they've been doing. If I'm yeah. if I'm the guy who finished second here in the spring, Josh Berry, I'm thinking, oh, good. The track I finished second at and the, and the you know, one start I've had at Richmond and Cup, I'm going to a team that does better than that team. <laughs> yeah, you at least have a, a shot at a few tracks, you know, not a, I mean, like, you know, obviously it's going to be a real uh, rebuild process, but, you know, for those usual tracks, Richmond, Phoenix, you know, even to some extent, Martinsville, he at least has a shot there. And really Ford has to be happy from the weekend. I'm, I'm looking at the top 10, one, two, three, four, five, uh, six Fords inside the top 10. 
So, I mean, like they, they seem to be improving um, their program and this type of program for these types of tracks. Um, but yeah, no, I mean like uh, the rest of the field, no other team really stands out, but man, uh, again, like, you know, uh, Storehouse or well, not Storehouse, Hendrick Motorsports, they got to get it together. Oh, well also too, um, Trackhouse didn't have the best weekend. Chastain 24th and then, awful. yeah, Daniel Suarez 33rd. Yeah, they were just non-existent. And really, I feel like that's, you know, I know Ross Chastain won Nashville, but then, you know, what what else has he done since then? Ever that's- since Nashville, Ross has really fell off. I've been I've been saying this for a little bit. Uh, by the way, Eric, have a good flight. He said his flight crew finally showed up and he's about to finally be gone from the chat for a while. So thanks nice. for coming in the chat for a little bit. Yeah, you can jump in safe from 30,000 feet. Yeah. Hey, 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 yeah. If you can get the Wi-Fi, hey, you know, there you go. It, depends on what you're flying on if you're flying on spirit then good luck eric would, eric would not go on spirit yeah okay good yeah, they, they, they wouldn't the have seats. enough yeah they wouldn't have enough leg room yeah no they, they would not duct tape the door shut they would not accommodate him <laughs> they would not uh-uh I'd be like that's your problem but yeah so you know we talked about the teams and stuff but i i wanted to talk about the race really quick so i just want to get your guys' thoughts on this so once again, we have one of those types of races where strategy really comes into play. And I feel like these types of races really split the fan base down the middle. On one side, you have, you know, the racing purists and stuff who buy, hey, you know what? This was a good race. On the other side, you have, you know, like, oh, where's my cautions, blah, blah, blah. They, you know, that side was at least happy about the restart, I feel like. But fellas, I want to start with Danny first. Um, it, You know, at this point, do you feel Richmond should, you know, keep the two dates or maybe just go back to one? And if they go back to one, do you think fans will start to appreciate the track more if they do go back to just one date? Absolutely. I think they should go to one date. Um, as entertaining as the, you know, the winner of this one was, uh, just like Pocono, we saw a huge crowd there for that one. And ultimately, there was a lot of appreciation for that race because it was just the only race at Pocono. Now, the hard part here. This is an ISC track owned by NASCAR themselves. They they hate to let go of their babies a little bit. But in this case, we had the Xfinity Series up in Road America. And honestly, we could have had all the series up there. We, we took we took a cup date away from them. But honestly, we, we didn't need to. And, you know, I, I would I would vote for sending one series up there. Send them all up there. Yeah, I agree. I agree, man. Yeah. You know Fair. what else is an ISC track? What? Chicagoland, we should go back there. Um, okay. Ah, Memes aside, I had to say it, uh, but I'll say this. Um, when it comes to me, I say for now, just because of the lack of short tracks, I want to see the short track package get fixed. But it, keep it at two for now. I don't think it should be the first on the chopping block just yet, but I think long-term, yes, one. I think they should try out a primetime Monday night slot pushed on Big Fox, because remember, all these midweek races back in 2020 were on FS1 or NBCSN. You also had, you know, you see how bad the SRX's ratings have been, um, which, by the way, uh, just letting you know, none of the races have had over 400,000 viewers in the first three. Uh, and also, and also too, FS1 is in more households now than ESPN. Yeah, and so... <laughs> I you know I would say if you push it correctly, market it the way that they did. I'd say have a double header where a Sunday afternoon race and a Monday night race, uh, in the Fox side of the year. Uh, or I mean, what they're also talking about and it's been rumored of, of the possible next year a Thursday night Richmond race. 
I'd say do it at one long term for now. I want to I want to see this track with a fixed short track package and see what happens from there. Uh, but yes, long term one, I say go to Road America would be nice. You got to figure out how to get the ratings correct with that one, uh, or NASCAR's not going to. I'm gonna say go to Iowa. I think oh, Iowa yeah. would race better. I, I think you could maybe plug into with with the the IndyCar weekend or have your own weekend, uh, and and I think that's a track that deserves to have a cup date, and I think would even with this package, I think would have good racing. Oh yeah, and and they've they've invested a ton of money. Uh, the High V grocery store has into that racetrack. Like the facilities there are unbelievable, and they had brought in Carrie Underwood and and um, some other singer too. Like for a freaking IndyCar weekend, like I'm like, damn. So they're really investing a lot into that track. But but yeah, Richmond is just one of those strategy tracks. I thought the race was you know average, you know another typical Richmond race, and yeah, we'll see if it uh you know has two dates long term, but. I see Danny put up another poll, and I guess that's a perfect segue into the uh, next topic we got, Danny. Absolutely. So after Richmond, the playoff bubble looks like this. Currently, Bubba Wallace is 15th plus D4. We no longer are showing Brad Kozlowski on this list because he would need the world to end at this point for him to miss it. Uh, Michael McDowell is hanging on in 16th plus 18. Then below him, below the cutoff line, Ty Gibbs is 17th minus 18 back. AJ Allmendinger is in 18th minus 22. Daniel Suarez is in 19th minus 34. Chase Elliott is in 20th, 40 points back. And his teammate Alex Bowman is 21st, just 42 points back. So realistically, any of those guys could still make it. But I want to know from the chat, I put the first four on the outside in, who has the best chance to make it? Right now it's really close between Ty Gibbs and Chase Elliott, but right now Ty Gibbs has the edge just a little bit. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll, uh, I'll uh, make a case for Ty Gibbs here too. I mean, like a few weeks ago, I was like, uh-oh, here we go. We're going through the typical uh, rookie slump uh, type deal and stuff. It was looking like he was uh, um, he was going to point his way in. But then he went through a bit of a slump. But then now we've seen him, you know, run well at, you know, not only Pocono, but, you know, at Richmond as well uh, during uh, parts of the race, too. So, I mean, only 18 points back. I mean, he's going up against Michael McDowell. I mean, don't take any credit from McDowell there. I mean, like he did, he's obviously earned the right to, you know, be, um, to, uh, to be competing for that spot. Um but I wouldn't I wouldn't rule out Ty Gibbs neither. I mean, like I know he has, you know, a lot of other guys there that are hungry for a win. AJ Allmendinger, Chase Elliott on those road courses, uh, even to some extent, Daniel Suarez could be a threat on those road courses, too. But if we're talking about, you know, just pointing your way in consistently, I mean, I don't know with the way Hendrick Motorsports is right now. And then you got some question marks on uh, Allmendinger and Suarez. I'll, I personally I, I would take Ty Gibbs out of those four on the poll. Well, I'll, I'll put this up for you. For this weekend, I would not be surprised if Ty Gibbs is a competitor for the win. Uh, I'm looking back at last year. He he got a top 10 at Michigan last year, was running up front, <coughs> led laps. Uh, now, the difficult one will probably be Indy Road Course, I think, uh, though he did struggle a bit at, uh, at Watkins Glen. I think the Indy Road Course, just with the chaotic nature of it, it all depends on where he lines up for the final restart. Uh, and then Daytona can go to anyone. Uh, so Ty Gibbs is somebody, I think, who has slid under the radar and could easily usurp one of those two up there. Bubba Wallace plus 54, though, 
Um, man, that's that is mm-hmm. a state. That's a statement. Even with what happened, kept the head in the, his head in the game. Team kept going uh, with the fast pace they had for the most part. Put a big gap in there. Got a bunch of points. Uh, I'll tell you who I think is the least likely of these four to make it. Daniel Suarez. Oh, based off of last weekend, definitely. Uh, this, I mean, t- this team's in a tailspin, man. We talked about what has Ross done since winning Nashville. What is what is any of Trackhouse done since then? And, and I mean, this is this is bad timing because Suarez, you know, just before the season signed that extension, and you were like, okay, this is their guy, you know, or at least one of their guys long term. He was there, you know, for the uh, first season of the team. But man, it's just you know, early in the season you saw the glimpses of speed, but like they just couldn't put it together. But now looking back. I feel like, you know, those early um, those early races were really the team's best, you know, uh, best chance of uh, getting a victory. Now it's a totally pass. Like, I don't I see mean, this team winning a race. I, I would say you go back, you, you you know, you didn't want to think you don't want to overthink it too much when it, when it happened. But now that race at Atlanta, man, they're really wishing that rain hadn't showed up because they look like they had a shot to go for it. Yeah, now they're going to be like every other team. I feel like you know, like that's going to be desperate. They're just going to circle Daytona and be like, "Hey, whatever happens, happens." Because I, I don't know, like just based off of last week and the previous few races, like I don't, I don't, I don't really see how you can make a case for Suarez making the playoffs, unless you know some surprise victory out of nowhere. And yeah, I'm scared that uh, when SVG comes in to <laughs> the Indy Road Course race, you know, he's going to want to go for the win, but. He's used he's used to all those uh, team orders over there in Australia. I'm scared they might be like, "Hey, uh, okay, can you can you find a way to get Daniel to, to yeah? Can you help move him, over can you help move him over out, for please. Daniel? Can you help him out, please? I think at the playoffs <laughs> at this point, though, uh, you know, I'm, I don't think I'm playing a homer here with McDowell. If he just tenth to, to, to uh, tenth to fourteenth his way through this, I don't see any of those guys behind him having four perfect races ahead. <laughs> Just because you have basically three wild cards. Michigan is a track that, if it races anything like last year, could have some really big players uh, coming through. It were some people that are on this cut line possibly uh, above it, like Bubba Wallace or Tyler Reddick. 2311 was good there last year. Uh, Pop through. And you, 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 know, you have people coming in for Indy Road Course 2 that aren't even going for points. It, I I just this also now with with the the gap here, it just baffles me why AJ Allmendinger went up to Road America. Like I I don't understand that. I don't care if you're trophy hunting or whatever. You're on you're in this battle, and you continue a plan because I guarantee you they could have found someone. You continue a plan that takes effort and attention away from the cup battle to basically go and play in the Xfinity series and then not even get the win. Yeah, you didn't even win. Did he even he did he at least finish in the top ten, right? Yeah, yeah, like, he got ninth. Okay, but, but, like, but it's but still it, a failure. His, his car was having a ton of issues, though. Um, I, I said that on Friday. I was like, "Hey, I don't think it's worth that." And then, but uh, shout out to Derek Krause for getting some on track time in the Cup Series. That was uh, that was a surprise. You know, that's cool. But yeah, as far as the championship battle, I guess you know that team's priorities are out of whack. Obviously, it's like it's like I mean, like he gained ten spots. Um, on the initial start of the race, but then he went nowhere. I'm like, well, maybe some practice and qualifying might have helped out a little bit, don't you think? So, well, yeah. And then, and then we get led, I think, lastly to the uh, the weekly question: Does Chase Elliott <laughs> make it on points or wins? 
I don't know, man. I I don't know. Like I feel like I, you know, Bowman and, and Chase, they're there, forty and, and forty two back. But then it's like you know, you watch the races, and I don't know. It's just sometimes you forget. You're like, damn, like the nine and the forty eight, they're just they're not contenders anymore, you know. And it was a far cry compared to you know the start of the season, you know, before Chase Elliott got hurt, and then even before Alex Bowman got hurt. Danny wasn't he the points leader at one point? Alex Bowman indeed was the points leader for I can't, a long time. Hey, I can't tell. I don't. I don't see it anymore. I'm like, how? How? How did that happen? But yeah, look, a lot has happened. Um, I know they're you know below the sixty point mark and stuff, which basically represents a full race worth of points. Um, but I don't know. I just don't see them pointing their way in. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like you know, like like you just said, McDowell just has to maintain that tenth to twelfth, you know, tenth to twelfth place finishes. I mean, uh, unless Chase and, and Alex Bowman uh, out of nowhere go on some four race resurgence and start, you know, racking off top fives after top fives. But me personally, I don't see that happen. Well, and if it does come down to points and he misses by a, a very easel, easily made up margin for one race, I'm wondering how many of those Elliott fans are going to still support him right hooking Denny Hamlin into the wall in the 600 and getting him suspended. Like Absolutely. I, I, it, it's, I, I get the injury part and I get, you know, the argument that he should do what he wants to, but it's just a lapse like that could come back to haunt him. If he can't win at the Glen, everyone's and, like booking the Glen, like he's going to win. I don't there's, see it. There are, I really don't I, see I, it. I, he, he very well could, he's going to be competitive, but thing is there's no guaranteed wins in NASCAR. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the thing is now both chase and Alex, maybe, Theoretically, could have could have been in the playoffs, but um, for Chase, you know, for for Chase and Alex both, you got to say, eh, injury, it happens. But for Alex's team, their team penalized twice. Once got reversed, the other time no. So that time, hey, your team messed it up for you. And then, uh, and then likewise, your drive when you come back from your injury wasn't quite enough there. Chase, well. He injury it happened, but one race he was out was because of his own doing. So both times you have ways you know it can be falls back. You know it's it's on the team to be perfect all year. Don't make any mistakes whatsoever. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we'll see. We'll see if they prove us wrong here. But I mean, without question, it'll be a contender for Watkins Glen. As far as you know, closing the deal. I don't know. Like you still got guys like Larson, and hey, you never know what uh, other road course guys might uh, want to take a crack at the Glen. So we'll see. But uh, the the chat so far does Chase Elliott make the playoffs? Forty eight percent say no. Send the Kwangdong Tigers. There you uh, but, go. But forty one percent say yes, he will make it by winning, and then eleven percent say yes, he'll make it in on points. All right, we'll see. We'll see. Chase Elliott fans, keep the faith. This keep weekend, the faith. we'll this, see if it pays off. This weekend's going to be huge for it because he was mm-hmm. fast at Auto Club. If he can emulate that Auto Club race. It's very realistic at that point. I guess uh, we kind of broke down the playoffs. Uh, let's let's ask uh, how did people enjoy this race with their eyes? Their ratings. Welcome to their famous <laughs> ratings, as Darian would call it. The Richmond ratings. had a one point forty one rating, and that equaled out to be two point four oh three million viewers. This is down three percent in the ratings category, but it is up two percent in viewership. Uh, it is. A very good thing to note here, uh, we hit 23% in the key demographic. Um, And as far as how this race compares to the last few, it is the highest watched, second, 
Richmond race since the 2016 season. Mm-hmm. It also beat the FS1 Richmond race in 2023 earlier this year. Uh, Road America in the Xfinity Series had a 0.9 rating and 1.566 million on NBC. And Darian has a question. Oh, yes. It is time for, let's do it. It is time for the poll, the famous iceberg poll on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. You got to go over the ratings for that. Jarrett, what did people think of the ratings from last weekend's race? Well, I asked uh, what people thought of the 2023 cookout 400 and 11% of you said it was great. 34 said good. So 45% net positive, which is very low for our polled side of things. 43% said average, 9 below average, and 4% bad. So 13% net negative. Guys, the first comment was from mm. Denny Delivers. Oh, meme. Meme, easily meme. Yeah, if, if he's ready to go, it's, it's a meme. It's either him or Spencer at this point. Mm-hmm. While most were pressure cooking inside the car today, RFK really cooked a massive gourmet five-course meal on track. There you yeah, go. I'll call them 134 in. degrees. That was crazy, just consistently. Oh my god. Uh looking at some of these co- uh comments here. Uh Michael here says Bubba and Brad have been showing consistency, but I think this could be Bubba's best performance this season. Yeah. Yeah. I would potential. agree. I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh I couldn't be happier for Chris Busher and RFK and huge shout out to Ryan Priest. For not only his uh, first top five of the season, but first top ten of the season, says NASCAR fan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! First top five and top ten. Yeah, he almost uh, he was out, he's competing for the victory too. That's crazy. Uh, TM Collins says, as a hater of stage racing, watching Truex's tire strategy play out was refreshing. Yeah, yeah, he was able to get you know he was able to you know just wait it out and stuff. Hello, yeah, stage hater. Let's see. Blue Jimmy says, look at Priest, man. So inspirational. Inspirational. <laughs> yeah, he's been through a lot. Uh, Thrash and Burn says, rare day where SHR is good. Man, they have been the team to beat at short tracks. Yeah, all four. I, hey, I said at the beginning, there, I was like, hey, I wouldn't be surprised if they got at least one win on the short track. Oh, Rye Guy says, Richmond only needs one date, and I hope they hold gold with the new or they hit gold with the new splitter over the next two days of testing there. <laughs> I, spoiler alert, they don't. Yeah, they didn't. Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else we have. Optic says, Brad Kozlowski about to win, enters pit road, error. Tyler Reddick about to win, enter pit road, error. <laughs> uh, Noah's hair says, should have been a Saturday night race, but it was mid. Well, if it was a Saturday night race, we'd Probably have about a million less people watching. Uh, yeah. That's true. For sure. Uh, let's see. Tamed Zodiac says, used to not like Brad. Now I want him to win. Hey, that's what happens when you don't win as much. People just I like mean, you more. I mean, yeah, that's what's happened to Jimmy Johnson. People are, at this point, <laughs> at this point, it's like the meme with the guy poking a stick. Do something. Yeah. Uh, then the gutter comments. Last three here. Um... Jeffrey says he didn't watch. Good for you, buddy. Oh, okay. See, those are my favorite. Like, oh, oh I'm not Jeffrey. Watching. I'm not watching. Billy Johnson asked, what is it? Uh, 
Probably I don't, I, I don't know. What is it? I think I think it's probably somebody who got the poll recommended to him. Oh, not he's not a fan. fan. Yeah, he's like, what is this? Yeah, <laughs> this yeah. is funny. But then, Evan says snoozer. Oh, okay. Well, and, you're a you're a snoozer. Oh, well, hey, hey so not everybody likes those types of races, I guess. Each but, their own. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, well, there's our gutter comments and everything like that. And guys, oh my God, we might actually have time for the two lower series races. Holy crap! Before the top of that, are hour, you? But... Can, uh, well, honestly, yeah. Let, let, let's talk about this. Uh... Wait, hold on, hold on, and that'll do it for this edition of the famous Iceberg Poll on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. All right, now you can go. <laughs> let's let's talk about uh, the Xfinity race first. Uh, so Sam Mayer, we've had him on the show before. Uh, got his first win in a very wacky finish. We were uh, we were looking at you know a, a new winner about either way him or Sage Karam it looked like. So I did not watch. I was at the fairgrounds with IDK. So so how well, was the race, y'all? It was a typical Road America race. There was good racing at uh, different points. Uh, I he definitely benefited from the stupidness of the finish. Was it was it Connor Mosack or who was it in the nineteen? Uh, yeah, Con- Connor Mozak was in the 19. Okay. Like the, the 19 trailing oil around the track, and they didn't call a caution for half a lap. So there's two miles of an oil streak all the way around there. They put all the kitty litter on it, and then insanity ensues. Because I honestly thought it was going to be Allgaier getting the win this one. Uh, but I'm I'm happy for Sam. I think, Danny, you and I interviewed sam right before road america in 2021 mm-hmm. and y'all did he talked did. about how big this track is for him so yeah it's a it's a one of his personal favorites and you know we, we've talked to sam uh, on this show but just we also talked to him a lot of times just in person at the tracks when we're there he's nothing but a good guy uh almost a friend we don't know him that well though to be to be calling that but really good guy he's, he's been nothing but respectful to us and uh, yeah. happy happy for him yeah, no, he watches us, man. He's been a former guest, so I was really happy for him and stuff. So, hey, congratulations, man. And then also another former um, uh, podcast guest. I think we've had him on before. Uh, Hosevar won the uh, the truck race. Yeah, and he yeah, dropped so. an F bomb. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. It's how, explain that. I didn't see that neither. Well, they were interviewing him after the race, and he just he's like, "Man, I'm effing tired." Like, yes, <laughs> that's what I like to hear. Oh man, but uh, the children. From... From what I heard, though, poor time Majeski. Yeah, from what I heard, oh, it's poor Cause strategy. I, yeah, because I was looking at I was looking at it on the NASCAR app, the leaderboard thing. And it was like I think it was either five or four to go, and it said time Majeski was leading. I was like, oh, hey, he won, good job. And then all of a sudden, I refresh it, and it's like, what? Hostbar won? What? What happened? So yeah, it's good to have clarification on that. And also, um, just another uh, side note. I had no clue that this race was the 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 cutoff race for the truck series playoffs. And did, did did anybody else know? <laughs> I did, but that's because I also do streams after each race. Actually, most of the people in my comments section didn't know the race was going on. Oh, there like, you totally go. go. <laughs> I I just like cl- clicked on YouTube at ten o'clock at night. I didn't realize there was a race tonight. It's like, <laughs> good promotion, good promotion, FS1. Appreciate it. But uh, oh. I mean, it was again another kind of typical truck race typical richmond race uh i honestly there wasn't really too much that stood out to me uh the playoff mm. battle really wasn't close because Stuart friesen like he just walked up and laid an egg I, he finished in the 20s he never like most of the race i remember seeing him like 27th he was mm. awful uh so everybody uh, who was in was in 
So the one thing that stuck out to me though, and I've done a video on this driver before, hey, Deegan, you need to get it together. Quick, quick, stop wrecking people. <laughs> stop wrecking I love people, how, bro. I love how when, and, and Ryan was said that like the two of them are fine because no, they're friends. But I love when Ryan tweeted that out. <laughs> Dean Thompson immediately goes, shocker. It's yeah. Like, Damn. Because they, they were talking after the race, too. They got some history. But, hey, Deegan's got to stop. Like, <laughs> she got she has history with a lot of drivers, well, I feel she, like, at this point. Well, she, it, <laughs> she at least got a top 15. Yeah, yeah. That's Hang something. the banner. Yeah. So, I don't, I don't want to hate on her, but it's like, man, you gotta, yeah. we got to clean this stuff up. Yeah. I mean, look, if she didn't wreck two people, I wouldn't be bringing her up. But, yeah, just come on, man. Come on. But, yeah. That was the weekend in a nutshell. And also the fairgrounds was awesome too. Thank you uh, to some of the fine folks in the chat for showing up. Uh, next date is uh, August 12th. That's family night at the fairgrounds. So the family, the family night, the family picture. We're going to welcome the family, mm -hmm. the family. And it's the lightning round on the NASCAR weekly podcast. Jared, what do you have on tap for this evening? I see we got a lot. I've uh, an exploded mic, too. Um, <laughs> well, first off, uh, just to let you guys know to go to the dailydawnforce.com. They got our podcast on there as well as a bunch of stuff from us. Podcast, Pottery Bus, all that good stuff. So mm -hmm. be sure to check them out. Uh, some other news here, though. Uh, Peacock lost $651 million from April to June uh, to IndieWire. So uh, that is some... Uh, the cock yeah. is awfully cost. Yeah, the cock's not looking good. It seems a bit deflated. Yeah. Uh, Noah Gregson could be out of the 42 for John Hunter Nemechek, according to Jordan Bianchi. Ah, that is the rumor. Oh, mm. no. Uh -oh. Sad, sad news here for old-time NASCAR Xfinity, especially fans. Uh, old NASCAR sponsor Yellow Trucking has shut down. Damn, the times have changed. <laughs> the times are changing, bro. We're getting old. Uh, sad news for those who want Clint's money. Fox is shutting down the <laughs> Fox Bet app, according to Wall Street Journal. I mean, I, I kind of wondered how they did that yeah. because there, there, there's no money going into it. It's just a free, you know, pick them, win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Corey LaJoy has signed back on with Spire for a multi-year extension like was what well, was rumored. Not surprised, but Ty Dillon's got to be editor. Uh, this came in the news today. Uh, SVG will be in the 41 truck for Nice at IRP for his first oval race. And uh, people called me crazy for thinking that he would not just do cup ever. Ooh, wait, you wait. People thought like they didn't think he would um, do other stuff. Come I on, I brought now. up my video that like, maybe he might do like part, you know, when I made one about him, like, oh, maybe do part time or do a year in like Xfinity truck. No, why would he do that? He's too high profile. I'm like, well, I mean, well, he wants to Montoya learn. Was an ARCA, yeah. So like, <laughs> if he wants to he, learn, yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, Danica Patrick had the star power to come in and go straight to cut, but she still did Xfinity for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then the 2024 Hall of Fame ca uh, class is Jimmy Johnson, Chad Knauss, and Donnie Allison. Hey, they better hope that you know fans don't find out who the four was. <laughs> they won't uh, forget it. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, – I don't know. Like, Listen, you can say what you want about Jimmy Johnson, the playoff chase era. Uh, Jimmy is a Hall of Famer. And should yeah, be first well, class. Yeah, you. Yeah, uh, a uh, a uh, unanimous first ballot. It should have I, been. But I don't know much about how the committee is voted on. But I was talking to 
Well, I, I, don't, I, I guess he's talked about it publicly on Twitter. I was talking to Jeff Gluck about this today. I mean, I found out he wasn't on the ballot, which surprised me. He said, nope, and he doesn't think he probably will ever be considered to be on there. So I don't know how they actually go about that. Um, first, I think that should be maybe updated every few years. Um, and also, if you're a Hall of Fame, if you're into Hall of Fame, I think you should also be able to vote on that too. Yeah, I agree. But, eh, you know, it's still 93%, but that's that's ridiculous. I feel like everybody's commenting on that, but yeah. Well, and then um, is it the Landmark Award that Janet Guthrie won? Is yes. yes, yes, the Landmark Award, yes. Uh, Good for her. Last but not least, we are 20 days out from it right now. Crunch time, paint schemes are going to start getting going forth. The NWP 400, our yearly iRacing race, will be on Tuesday, August 22nd on IDK Players Channel. And the duels for that, for those, for everyone who wants to get in, actually, will be on his channel August 18th. I'll be commentating on it. And uh, we're kind of doing a, uh, I can talk about it a bit more now. We're kind of doing a bit of a, a throwback to speed weeks with it. Uh, so the, the fast four in qualifying will make it in. You have two 125-mile duels, so the twin 125s to make it in. And then the last chance qualifier is 20 laps, which if you don't know, was the original length of the Bush Clash when it was made. Uh, and then, of course, the 160-mile or 160-lap uh, race uh, that we'll have is is basically like the firecracker 400 mm-hmm. uh, but it'll be a lot of fun it'll be a ton of fun and uh, we got people on this call we got people in the chat who will be in that race and there's going to be a lot of money on the line both for the winner and maybe i might possibly put a little more money up for halfway leaders so people people could be making some bank in that one but it's yeah. going to be a blast and we uh, I- hope and expect to see you there I think uh, my Monday night stream before that one, I'm going to title that uh, Get On Board the NWP 400 Hype Train. Ah, there you go. That's a good one. That'll certainly help us out. But yeah, no, I've seen a ton of cool schemes with that. Demos's is awesome. And Blue Jimmy's Angry Bird scheme is it's my personal favorite. But, I like the Wendy's yeah. one as well from yeah. uh, Gavin Austin. It's a lot. It's a lot. And, yeah. and that also is a lot from the lightning round we finished up. Yes, sir. And that'll do it for this edition of the famous lightning round on the NASCAR weekly podcast. And now back to the show. We are making some great time. I'd, I'd say as far as timing, wow. as far as timing goes, guys, we are like, we are like actual champions of timing. Dude, we might have the quickest show of the evening. <laughs> we might be champions of the timing, but Unfortunately, the driver that we're going to start off with going into our top oh, seventy-five. We do, we do have one other story. Oh, oh yeah, we got one more story, Danny. Oh, I wanted to get in top seventy-five drivers. No, I don't know where no, I'm going to no, 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 no. Wait, we got we had some uh, major news last weekend, Danny. Well, you'll just have to wait on that. <laughs> no, but let's move. Yeah, but what's the Jared? What's the major news though for the NASCAR Xfinity Series? Uh, is going to the CW. The CW, the channel I grew up with watching Jerry Springer, Steve Wil- uh, Wilkos, and Maury reruns is getting NASCAR races. Oh, man. It's like, funny. And- I, I talked about it on a stream, I think it was. And my brother, who used to watch some of the old CW uh, Flash show, all that stuff, he texted yeah. me, it was, CW sucks. I was like, damn. Because <laughs> well, I hey. never watched CW. Oh, God. Well, hey, NASCAR don't think so because they're getting a uh, pretty penny, to say the least, uh, 
let's I mean, let's take a look at the deal here. A hundred or uh, excuse me, eight hundred and five million from twenty twenty five to twenty thirty one for the uh, for the NASCAR Xfinity Series to be broadcasted exclusively on the CW for the entire year for each of those seasons. And that totals to one hundred and seventy one million per year. And uh, the CW is also available in uh, one hundred and twenty five million homes. Basically, everybody gets it. It well, seems like a no-brainer. You know what yeah. this is interesting for is if NASCAR is going to line up all the contracts like they usually do, it's only seven years, which is it lines up with uh, what the initial deal was, and I believe pretty close, if not what the second deal they had with uh, with Fox, Turner, and ESPN. So I'm wondering if they're doing a little shorter-term contracts, which it seems like they're going to get even more money than they get for the 10-year contract on this one. Um, but I'm wondering if they're doing shorter contracts to kind of be able to change quicker with the environment. I know we talked about that before. I know other leagues have done that. Uh, but I'm hoping... There, there, there's two sides of me here, man. Part of me is hoping and and wanting this to mean that... NASCAR is going to be seen in more homes with, with the CW at the same time. I'm like NASCAR fans are very bad for change. Uh, it doesn't oh. even matter if it's change in their favor. Mm-hmm. Let, that, let, that doesn't let, even matter if this is a free channel yeah. to watch. Let me explain this too. Cause me and Danny has some very interesting interactions last weekend. As soon as we start talking about the announcement, I see this one guy basically saying, I don't know what channel that is and I will not be looking for it. So not only, so I'm like, dude, you're out of your well, way. I'm like, what? Well, it's on free. top of that, part <laughs> of it is it's also, it's free to watch on the CW app. Like you don't yeah. have to pay to watch it. You can literally just pull it up on your phone and cast like, it on TV. Ugh. When when FS1 was first announced, I got people being mad because you literally had to pay extra to get that channel at that point. But this is literally a channel that one you can get locally with an antenna for free, mm. or if you have a Roku, which most people do these days, they have a free to watch app supported by ads. And it seems like the CW, they're really uh, uh, ramping up their whole sports category because they had the they had the you know, the whole you know a hundred days to a to, um, to the Indy five hundred reality show. Um, they've apparently, um, I think they're looking into a uh, football. As they well. have they have the yeah. ACC. Oh, oh have there the you ACC go. So yeah, and ACC live, and live golf. So there now, you go. Do they have all of ACC or just a couple of games? Uh, oh. I think all except any that are, would like be like. Prime time or something. It's going to be interesting like, okay, how it yeah, lines prime. up with. Um, with and I mean, NASCAR. that's 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 some big fan bases. You got yeah. uh, you got Clemson, uh, Dukes in there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dukes in there. Yeah, yeah. You got Virginia the, Tech in there as this, well. This is another worry I have, though, is when it comes to college football season, Saturdays with the Xfinity races. How mm-hmm. are you going to line them up? Yeah. There's two ways. There's two ways you can line them up. One is you have your primetime football game and Xfinity earlier in the day, or you have more night races, which fans will like, even though they'll complain that they can't watch it, even though that it's more available <laughs> and accessible now. Um, I'm sorry. I just can't get over that point uh, because like, I had to explain to somebody who literally has a CW that they have it, and it's just only right next to NBC. <laughs> look, only NASCAR fans would complain about you know a free channel. I'm sorry. <laughs> only some would. <laughs> but no. Yeah. That, that's my worry is football because yeah. I don't want to go through what we did with ESPN back in the day where, oh, I can't find the race. Well, we, we moved it to uh, ESPN 3.75. 
ESPN Classic. <laughs> okay, they never did now, that. But I, I will just say this. Uh, I know this is kind of a question we have further down the line, but I'll just get into this. Uh, people were worried. Would there be a new title sponsor for what is now the Xfinity Series? I think ultimately the biggest thing we'd heard before this came out was rumors of maybe Amazon would be streaming it. But I think Xfinity, that might be a clue that Xfinity could want to stick around because if Xfinity wanted to stay on board, they wouldn't have liked the idea of the series going to a streaming exclusive. So this might have been what helped land in another network. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could see that as a factor too. And also too, like, I, you know, I was all for the whole Amazon deal at first, just because, you know, like it, millions of people already have it, you know, there's a lot so, of prestige for that, but with really the CW deal, I feel like you get the best of both worlds. It's owned by Nexstar, uh, okay. which that, that might have, you know, I mean, if I to read more about Nexstar here, uh, they, they are in like, I think it's, what is it? They're in every major, american market of like the top 200 okay. uh so that they do have disputes though with dish and direct tv right now granted mm. those are also two dying forms of entertainment <laughs> watching but yeah. that that's part of it and and some of the next star channels that overlap with nbc channels have been having problems with that for nascar races as well so that is something to look out for because if they get into another pissing match with each other then you're looking at possibly missing a bunch of races because the channels are blocked out yeah but thankfully the app's free though so you know at least there's that well i think it, if it's anything hurt. like youtube tv you have to like they have to know your area that's the thing. oh mm, well yeah. then that throws in another monkey wrench with it then but yeah, we'll see we'll see um yeah i mean as far as i mean as far as the money deals concerned i mean the teams will obviously love that you know, there's you know much uh, you know much larger purses now. It looks like yeah. Um, well, I think yeah. I think um, if it's what they were saying is that it's like it's going to increase stuff, but not horribly noticeably. But it'll be at least a, a decent increase. Uh, I know that uh, was it Herbst from NASCAR had said that the races will be on late afternoons and a few more night races from now on. Okay. All right. And I, then. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I I'm just looking also is that NASCAR Productions is going to be pushing this forward. So, I don't know about just yet, but would that mean possibly in the future, especially if we do maybe big races like Daytona, we get a few commercial free or limited commercial races? I would love that. I mean, the international broadcasts are already commercial free. I actually streamed it uh, during the last weekend's race, and I was actually blown away. I think I might just watch that. <laughs> Since all the productions will be put together by NASCAR, I'm kind of interested. Who do you think commentary is going to be for this? It would probably be their own in-house talent, I would assume. They would probably look to that if it's NASCAR productions taking over. So that would be what? Mamba and Alex Weaver. I don't know something. I don't know. You like or maybe the racing route. I mean, yeah, that's Pizzoco. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, Pizzoco or you know, I mean, that's that's definitely not a not a bad idea to look at that. Yeah, I, I mean, know, like I know, it, a, I know a dude down the road who could commentate, and Jonathan Ramos. There you go. Hey, Jonathan. Hey, hey, he was already he's already commentating at the fairgrounds. He's gonna get his chance someday, well, right? So P- Peter is say, Peter's trying to say, and CW will hire on air talent. So oh, they, they okay, will. okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. But I have to imagine that NBC and Fox aren't going to give up their talent either. 
or yeah. like maybe there'll and, be like yeah, one or two coming over but and i'm pretty sure nascar productions might you know send some people their way like hey you might want to hire this guy like we I, should I, this guy, i would you know? say matt yokum probably comes to mind we just saw him do a little bit for nbc this weekend yeah. kind of kind of on a freelance level but you know he used to be with them for a long time yeah i'd love now, it Bestwick. yeah alan bestwick would be a good one See, I was like, I had suggested a lineup and it was just like one of those old ESPN lineups. I had, it had Alan Bestwick, Carl Edwards, and Andy Petrie as commentators. Now, Andy Petrie's involved with RCR. I doubt it. And Carl Edwards, you can't really get him off the farm neither. But uh, it yes, sounds like can. a dream night. sailing across the ocean again. Yeah, yeah. This, but- this, this is something else I kind of wanted to think about too. So with this move, um, ultimately... You know, Fox and NBC both, you know, ha- have less for their crews to do now. And I, as I think on the Xfinity side, um, now we've seen, uh, shoot my mind's point of blank. Who, who does uh, who does the Xfinity series usually on Fox now these days? What, what's uh, his name? Oh, um, Adam Alexander. Yeah, Adam Alexander. I kept wanting to think Al- Alan, and I'm like, no, it's not Alan Bestwood. Adam Alexander, does this put him in a position where – it seems like it might be close. Mike Joy might be about ready to retire. Would he be a, a front runner to take over on Cup Series uh, commentary? If Mike Joy retires, yeah, I'd say so. I think he's earned it. Yeah, I mean, he's been, you know, working steadily up the ladder. I mean, I remember when he was a, a one of the uh, MRN uh, um, radio guys there, too. So um, he's worked his way up the ladder. I love him commentating Xfinity, and I think he would do awesome in Cup. The last time he did Cup, though, was with TNT and, you know, in, in those years, especially 2014, but then they were out, you know, I mean, they were um, on their way out the door and stuff. So yeah, I would love to see Adam Alexander get another shot personally. Yeah. <laughs> Wait in the chat. Fox doesn't, Fox does Xfinity races. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know what you're saying. She rank. Yeah, yeah, no, they do Xfinity, bro. Fox yeah. is the first half of the season right now. Not anymore. Yeah. Neither is uh, NBC anymore. But yeah, yeah, they're they're gone. But but yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know Mike Joy's a Fox, not NBC. <laughs> what? What's going Something's on? Something's being lost in translation. Yeah, I think <laughs> so. I'm saying when Fox takes over and does yeah. their part for Cup, as, well, as long as they do, I, I guess so. I don't know. Yeah, but, but, but it, as long as they have it, I would say Adam Alexander is in a good position to be a Cup commentator. Yeah, but yeah. in conclusion, you know, the Xfinity series, they have their deal finally done. They're going to be on one channel. I think that's not um, that's not talked about enough. You know, um, at least one of the NASCAR series will be on one channel the entire season. You already have the um, the truck series on Fox for an entire season. Now you have Xfinity on the CW. So, well, you'll, so yeah. you'll still have fans complain that they can't find the channel in 2031. Yeah, well, they were already complaining about, you know, a free channel getting the deal. Like, I can understand to some extent the Amazon deal them complaining about, but not this. I can understand some areas don't get CW, fine. But it's like, if you're complaining, oh, it's only on one channel. Like, I've seen seen everything. (laughs) It just amazes me how much NASCAR fans Mm. can complain about everything. Okay, make everybody like, happy. Uh, honestly, back in the day when the, when the trucks was a speed exclusive and they had their own unique uh, theme song to it when it come on, mm-hmm. everything felt unique when that was coming on. It was its own different atmosphere when you was watching the races on speed. So maybe this is something we can get back to where it doesn't feel all the same. Yeah, yeah. Get something new for sure. And by the way, I don't even know what does CW stand for, but I asked the chat. I gave him four options. Forty-one uh, percent say CW stands for Carl Weezer. Then twenty-five percent say car watching, which might be more true for watching race cars. Uh, and then tied at seventeen percent, can't watch and cats wrestling. 
It stands for Carl Weezer. <laughs> oh man. So um according to I guess um according to the internet, the CW, I, I guess it stands for, you know, well, it says well, well it says its owners are CBS and Warner. They, I don't they think they that's true. To, yeah, no, they used to be. That's what stands for CBS yeah. Warner. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. CBS Warner. There you go. Then there you go. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it shakes out for the future. But future no one look at the past. Yeah, look at the past, right, Danny? Uh, yeah, definitely look at the past and a good place to look in the past, but also the present is our top 75 drivers list. Uh, this is going from 20 to 16. We are getting closer and closer mm-hmm. to the end. And speaking of 20 to 16, you put that together and that's 2016. And number 20 on this list happened to have something big happen to him in 2016. That driver is none other than Mr. Host of Actions Detrimental Podcast, Denny Hamlin. I thought he you was about the, to say, oh, my bad. I thought you were about to say the host of the NWP podcast. For a second. Yeah, D- Denny Hamlin coming on to replace <laughs> Eric Estep starting next week. Hope you guys are ready for that. Yeah, bro. But yeah, Denny Hamlin, top 20 driver. He has a 2016, 2019, and 2020 Daytona 500 champion. He is also a three-time winner of the Southern 500 2010, 2017, and 2021. He won the Coca-Cola 600 in 2022. He is the highest finishing rookie in points history, coming with a third-place finish in 2006, which is right around where he usually finishes anyways. He has 50 career wins, most recently achieved uh, at Pocono. He's qualified for the playoffs or chase 17 times and four times he has qualified for the final four, has not found a way to get past that final round, though. It's always his Achilles heel for some reason. And he has also finished second points back in 2010. Yep. And I see I had him ranked the lowest at 27th. I guess, like, I can explain that. I mean, at the time, this was early in the season. I felt like, okay, at the very least, he's a top 30 driver. And you know my list. I had some way older drivers up there, too. I, you know, didn't want to show a whole lot of recency bias. But, you know, now that the season has um, has a, um, a progress past halfway, um, yeah, um, number 20 it seems like the right fit. I mean, just scored his 50th career win, just surpassed his former teammate Tony Stewart, who had 49 career wins. Um, just see, all he's missing is that championship. He's won about everything in NASCAR, just hasn't won the championship quite yet. Well, and, and I think a lot of people will, you know, a lot of people say, oh, he's, you know, overrated because he doesn't have a championship. I think a lot of people just say that because they also just don't like him. Oh, yeah. Um, but definitely, w- when you look at the span of time from 2006 to today, Denny Hamlin is probably one of, I'd say, the five or six best drivers over that time combined. He's not always had, I think, is one year that's been out, like what outside the top 12 in points. Yeah. Uh, and that was the year he broke his back. So, so a legit excuse. <laughs> well, and so I, I'm saying that I, you know, I think Denny Hamlin is 20th or so. I think there's some drivers we've had before in the list. I think are a little bit better. Uh, there's some we'll probably have in a bit that I think are a little bit lower. Maybe recency bias asked me on that one, but Denny Hamlin should get more credit. And I think that when he retires and is away from the sport as a driver for a while, he'll get, I think, the credit that he deserves long term. He's a great driver. You can dislike him for the for you know his opinions. But he's a great yeah. driver. 
you know, my favorite part is like after that, after that uh, Pocono race, I was like, hey, look, you don't just get 50 wins out of nowhere. Some of the fans were like, yeah, he's wrecked. Um, he's wrecked people in, in, in every single one of them. I'm like, yeah, OK, OK, bro. Like, like stop discrediting me. Um, stop discrediting this guy, man. I mean, he's clearly a top 20 driver. The list proves that. Um, and yeah, um, hopefully he'll win a championship. Hopefully, um, Danny, did you put up a poll saying asking if he, yeah, I asked asked people if you think he will win a championship so far. Majority people say no, he will never win a championship. I hope he wins one just to piss off. Yeah, seriously. But if he doesn't win one, I mean, look, take a look at the at the all time greats with no championship. I mean, Junior Johnson, Mark Martin, just to name a couple. I mean, that's a pretty good list to still be on. I mean. I'll get back to Super Jets later, but Alex Left said for $2, Denny Hamlin, a.k.a. less likable Mark Martin. <laughs> okay, well, that's, yeah, okay. <laughs> I can't argue with that, I guess. But yeah, no, Denny Hamlin, top 20. I'm surprised Eric had him so high, 16th. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, that kind of shocked me. I, I had him uh, 18th, and I might would have had him just a tad higher, but I was trying not to conflict with where I wanted to put this mm. next guy uh, Matt Kenseth coming in at 19th. Kind of a shame we don't have Eric in here because yeah. he can give us a full rundown Damn. of this guy. Uh, he is the 2003 NASCAR Cup Series champion. He is the last Winston Cup Series champion. And he won the Daytona 500 two times, once in 2009 due to rain. And then also in 2012, that was not by Ryan. He actually won that one, holding off Greg Biffle and Dale Earnhardt Jr. in that one. He won the Coca-Cola 600 in 2000 as a rookie, and in 2013, he won the Southern 500. Overall in his career, he won the Cup Series race 39 times, and he qualified for the chase slash playoff 13 times over the course of his NASCAR Cup Series career. Yeah, and we all had him ranked right around the same spot, 17th, 19th, 21st, 22nd, I I see. I put him 17th on purpose, and I'm really surprised <laughs> that I was the only one who did that. Hey, you could tell Eric was taking this seriously because he really wanted to put him number one. But, hey, he put him 21st, and damn, I mean, I put him the lowest at 22nd. But... I mean, I, I, if I was Eric, I'd have at least put him 20, matched the car number. Yeah, I feel like it. But, hey, you know what, though? Matt Kenseth, you know, another top 20 driver. I mean, his 2003 championship season was so damn consistent that it caused NASCAR to change up the points because uh, they were like, this is ridiculous. Like one win and then, you know, he uh, he um, 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 wins the championship by over 300 points. Like they're like, this can't happen. We're going to change it up. So Matt Kenseth I, is uh, partly I know, responsible for that. <laughs> I know, Jared, you used to do these videos where like if we had the old points system, who would have won the championship in 2017? Have you ever done the 2003 season in the current points format? Yeah, I, I did. I, I can't remember. It wasn't Matt Kenseth who won, though. Um, so. But, so. man, I, I'm just talking about Matt Kenseth. It's just, he's another one who gets he gets overshadowed. And it's I think it's because he doesn't have some giant bombastic personality. He, he doesn't go out there and get flashy wins. I remember my uncle talking to me about Matt Kenseth and about his 2003 season. Cause as a kid, um, I had to think as you know, you have to be a kid to, to not completely figure out, you know, and I'm like talking five, six to, to figure out like, Oh, so like not having the most wins doesn't mean the championship. And he was like explaining, he's like, yeah, he'd run 20th all day. And then all of a sudden, Oh yeah, there's Matt Kenseth. He's up in fourth. Now he, he, <laughs> was, he was one of the better closers in NASCAR when it came to just, 
however he could, he'd have a good points day. Uh, and I think that because of that, and because he wasn't all flashy with everything, uh, he he gets overshadowed. He is, man, I mean, he's just somebody who, no matter where he went uh, until, of course, you know, that last year that we don't talk about, uh, but no matter where, you know, what team he was on, whether it was Roush or JGR, he was always a threat to win. And yeah. I don't think you can say that about most people on this list. I think maybe only the top 20 to 25, you can say every week that they raced, they were always a threat to win. Yeah, his JGR years, man, like especially that first year in 2013 when he came in. Oh, my gosh. I mean, like he won what, like six or seven races that season. Didn't win the wasn't championship. It, oh, go ahead. Or, or maybe, maybe so. I don't know. But I mean, he, I, re- I just remember him winning a, a ton of races that year. And then, and then, you know, he stayed around for a couple more seasons, you know, was able to, you know, get 39 career wins at, at the end of his and career. At the time, you know, him coming in right after, you know, four seasons of Joe Logano, who still wasn't at his prime yet at that point. Um, you know, he just looked like a breath of fresh air. And I'll still say, even though I, I feel like he was rushed out of that ride in favor of Eric Jones, which is sad considering how mm-hmm. short he ended up staying there. Um, he has been the best driver of the 20 since Tony Stewart, no matter what you want to say about Logano Jones or even Christopher Bell there. Yeah. They just couldn't beat him in that, in that car since he, Tony Stewart. So he got but seven yeah. wins in 2013 wow. and led uh, almost 1800 laps that year. Yeah, hey, he was on it. Him and Ratcliffe, man, when they were on it, man, they were on it for sure. And of course, who could forget the uh, the Joey Logano feud? Of course, that's another thing. I mean, that, I, I mean, there. just yeah, yeah. I mean, just I mean, Matt Kenseth didn't have like a dazzling um um a dazzling driving style. You know, he was just one of those you know clean, respectful drivers. But man, obviously, as a as a Joey Logano proved, if you uh, pissed him off, uh, he wouldn't forget it. So <laughs> I love. I love that Matt Kenseth got that final win at Phoenix in 2017. Yeah, it's kind of it's, it's kind of like a slap in the face of JGR. See, be like you're really getting rid of me, and I'm still winning. Yeah. Now the 2020 season we don't talk about, other than the Brickyard. He almost the, won that. The, so. There's there's a song from one of those Pixar movies. We don't talk about Bruno. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about 2020. Yeah. And, and I will say that when he raced that six car after uh, Trevor Bain was oh. out. Yeah, he and and that was Roush at its lowest, and he he won a stage, won a stage, won a stage. He could have won a a race. He -hmm. put it on the pole for the All Star race. Oh, that's right, he did do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I I think he's somebody that again is is keeps getting overlooked, and I think I think especially because of the way that this format is now and the way that newer fans view Mm -hmm. success, he I think he's someone who's going to keep getting overlooked. And it's sad because yeah. he he deserves the credit for how good he is. Well, it's our job to make sure he doesn't get overlooked. That is why he's 19th on our list. Matt Kenseth. I wish Eric was here to explain his career more, but oh well. Yeah. But all right. Moving on from Matt Kenseth, we go to number 18. And sorry if you Kyle Bush fans, he's not going to be number 18, which is kind of a good thing so far. Uh, We have the 1956 and 1957 NASCAR Cup Series champion, Buck Baker. He also won the 1953, 1960, and 1964 Southern 500. He has 46 career wins in the NASCAR Cup Series. And from 1953 to 1960, he finished no lower than fifth in the points. And overall, from the course of his NASCAR Cup Series career from 1949 to 1976, he has an average finish 
of 10.9. That is some very impressive stats about Buck Baker. Hey, one of NASCAR's original heroes. One of their original heroes, man. And I see, well, I didn't have him ranked the highest. Whoa, actually, the chat had him ranked the highest. Okay, okay, so the chat um, showing some non-recency bias there. You love to see it. Jared's the only one who had him outside of the top 20, so what was your reasoning for that? I think a lot of it was just more the, the recency of it, and also when you look... Those early years are only a couple people that were competing for the most part. Uh, but I still think he should like be as high as I had him up there simply because of the longevity alone of how oh, long yeah. he raced. I mean, if, if you know, counting it all together, that's twenty eight seasons that he raced, you know, either part or full time in. Mm-hmm. Uh but man, I mean, you look at those accomplishments right off the bat, the the, the two consecutive championships, the the you know, the, the amount of wins, the caliber of wins uh and you can understand why he's such a pioneer for the sport and one of the pioneer families that people forget for the sport yeah because uh that is the father of uh of a uh, buddy baker correct this this is just interesting here will england in the chat said he had bill elliott 18th buck baker didn't even make his list i am shocked oh, dude, you gotta have him on your list guy come on man you gotta have him on the list like 40, i mean 46 career wins and two championships how are you and, gonna not have him on there and don't forget three southern 500s and the freaking 10.9 average finish like from 1949 to 1976 that is the definition of longevity that was from nascar's inaugural season to the mid-1970s that says it all right there. That says it all. But yeah, I, I he definitely deserves to be on the list just for that alone. And again, it, I what the thing I love about this list is that it highlights drivers like him who are pioneers in the sport that fans can learn about, look more into, and go from there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's Buck Baker, 18th. And got two more tonight. And I think for this one, we need to ring the siren in Dawsonville, Georgia, for Mr. Bill Elliott, the 1988 NASCAR Cup Series champion, won the Daytona 500 two times over the course of his career, once in 1985 and again in 1987. He won the Southern 500 three times, 1985, 1988, and of course, in 1994, which helped him earn the title of Million Dollar Bill. He's a 2002 Brickyard 400 winner, and that's where we got to see a young Chase Elliott kind of in the, in the, for the first time in the spotlight, in the arms, and hanging out with his father, Bill Elliott, wearing that uh, iconic Dodge little pit jacket he had on. He had 44 career wins over the course of his Cup Series career. And he laid down the fastest lap in NASCAR history at Talladega in 1987 at a speed of 212.809 miles per hour. And he has finished in the top 10 of the points 14 times over the course of his career. And in 1985, he won 11 times that season. Racing from 1975 to 2012, he had a very legendary and iconic NASCAR career. My gosh, just going after hearing that resume, I'm like, damn, like, why did I only have him at at, uh, at uh, number 20? Damn, maybe I should have had him a, a little bit higher there. But uh, I see the chat ranked him the highest at 15th, Eric 18th, as well as Jarrett, and then Danny 19th. But, you know, at the very least, he is a top 20 driver. I'm glad he's at number 17. 
But yeah, awesome build from Dawsonville. And also, you know, one of the most popular drivers in NASCAR history. A lot of a lot of fans think today, like, oh, maybe like Dale Sr. like won like um, some of the uh, most popular awards. Absolutely not. Didn't even come close um, until after his passing. But Bill Elliott won it, uh, I believe, 16 times in a row. He took so himself he, out of the running. Yeah, so he, he took himself so out. Yeah, and decided to, to hand it off to uh, to uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr., basically. But yeah, yep. Bill Elliott in his prime in those um, in the 1980s. Oh, my gosh. Like in that famous number nine Coors car, which, by the way, the team he drove for, it wasn't really one of the marquee teams, neither. Like it was just one of those family owned operations. And, you know, they signed a few um, a few of his family members on to the team because after yeah. Bill Elliott left, they didn't find much success after that. Because uh, Melling Racing, Melling wanted to get into NASCAR. That's mm-hmm. basically all that he wanted. He had sponsored a few cars, but he wanted to be really into the sport. And Bill Elliott had a family team that was struggling financially. And then when Melling came in with the backing, it was just a blessing for all parties and ended up working in a big way for everybody. Yeah, it changed his whole career. Well, yeah. I want to bring, you know, because I've, I've been rewatching the COT era and something that I find just amazing about bill elliott is the fact that when he was even later in his career you know 07 08 09 2010 he could still race the wood brothers car which was not a high dollar car by any means wasn't even i don't think as 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 caliber of a ride as it is today up into the top 20 sometimes the top 10 against the best of the best uh so it, it just shows again the longevity some of these older drivers had to race up there at a competitive level, no matter the equipment. Uh, and I think that had he not gone on to mm-hmm. own his own team and mm-hmm. instead keep running for some of the bigger teams, I think his numbers could have been through the roof. I mean, you look at the career resurgence he had in the 2000s with Dodge and Evernham. Imagine that with basically everything in between from when he owned that team except on a bigger team, he could probably have another 10, 15 wins. Yeah, uh, that that seven-year gap, yeah, that's a major what-if. And also, too, Randy Bowman just put in the chat, he did come back uh, two laps down at uh, Talladega to win yes. one time in the 80s. That is true. Yeah, yeah in, in the 1980s. And also, too, I believe um, he also was the first to win, the, what, the Noble Million, right? Because he won, like, a bunch of races in a row or um, the marquee races during the summer of, it was either 85 or, or 88, I believe. One of those years. Dude, it's amazing. Everyone remembers him for 85, but it was actually 88 that he won the championship. Oh, there you go. Oh, mm. well, yeah, because 1985, I mean, he was, you know, 11 wins. Yeah, but yeah, 88 is when and he finally put it together. Not to get too off topic here, but I just pinned a message. Darren, you can answer this one. Cappy Augustine must still oh. be familiar. Who is Casey Elliott? Oh, so I, I did a video. I put RIP Casey Elliott in the chat. So Casey Elliott was the nephew of Bill Elliott or was the nephew. Yeah, so he was. Um, unfortunately, he passed away due to cancer. But before that, Bill Elliott was mentoring him and stuff too. So, hey, you know, before Chase Elliott came along, perhaps Casey Elliott would have uh, um, came into his own in the uh, 90s and early 2000s. So we'll never know. But, uh, but yeah, as for Bill Elliott though, Bill Elliott, without question, one of the greatest. And uh, his son Chase is uh, continuing to carry on the legacy as a father and son duo are uh, on this list. Ring the siren. We talked about Bill Elliott, folks. And moving on, someone asked this earlier, had we talked about Mm -hmm. this person yet? Well, coming in 16th, we have the 1951 and 1953 NASCAR Cup Series champion, Herb Thomas. 
Herb won the 1951, 1954, and 1955 Southern 500s. Over 229 starts, Herb won 48 times. This puts him at the highest win percentage for anyone over 100 starts at 21.05% win ratio over 100 starts. Uh, He finished in the top five in points in every one of his full-time seasons. He only made six full-time seasons, but every single one of those, he made the top five in points, and he finished first or second in the points five of those six times. And he also has an average career finish of ninth place. So Herb Thomas definitely was a great driver when he was behind the wheel. Ultimately, maybe his uh, you know downfall has him you know as low as he is, or maybe if he had raced more, it could have been better results. Yeah, and don't forget, you know, one of the drivers of the fabulous, the famous fabulous, or excuse me, the fabulous Hudson Hornet was one of those drivers that uh, made it famous. And for you younger fans, you uh, saw the Hudson Hornet character in uh, in cars. So in a way, sort of based off of uh, Herb Thomas's years, but uh, without question was the most successful. And I had him ranked the highest for a reason, man. I mean, like, again, well, just one of those early stars. Well, NASCAR's pioneer years. Most of us had him at 15th or 16th, but... People are asking, Jarrett, what was you doing putting him 27th? I think that also, like I said before, with a lot of these older drivers, while they're instrumental in bringing NASCAR to where it is today, also back then, the gap between the haves and the have-nots were much wider. And I think that some of these guys that have raced closer to today in the 90s, 2000s, and 2010s, I'm going to give the edge over. Uh, I, I would, you know, while I respect what Herb did, in NASCAR, I would pick somebody like Mark Martin over him. Uh, I'm not going to apologize for that. Same thing with Matt Kenseth. Uh, I'd, I'd have him, Denny Hamlin. Uh, but at the same time, he's also still one of the best pioneer drivers, uh, first two-time champion ever, uh, winning in the third and fifth season in NASCAR uh, and dominated the Southern 500 early on. So... Yeah, I didn't I didn't rank him as high as everybody else, but I still respect what he did. Alessandro said in chat, Herb Thomas basically won uh one in every five races to have a winning percentage of twenty one point four. Wow. That is crazy. Like even back then in that era, that was that's still pretty impressive. And you know, drove one of the most iconic cars in the history of not just NASCAR, but in the history of racing. Like even non racing fans now know because of the cars movie, you know, what the you know, what the um, what the fabulous Hudson Hornet was, you know, like um, I'm pretty sure most don't have a clue who the actual uh, drivers of those were, but uh, one of them was Herb Thomas. And then like, even today, I mean, like his record still stand out. Like you said, first two time champion, three time Southern 500 winner and 48 wins. Like, I mean, to put it in perspective, Denny Hamlin just passed him, you know, like, I mean, so he's still pretty high. I mean, he's still pretty um, high up there on the list um, all these years later. Yep, but that'll do it for numbers 20 through 16. Just to recap what those were, we had Denny Hamlin at 20th, Matt Kenseth 19th, Buck Baker was 18th, Bill Elliott 17th, and Herb Thomas rounds out the 16th. So next week we will get on to, we're getting down into it, the top 15. We'll go from 15th to 11th next week right here on NWP. But now it's time to move on from our top 75 drivers and break down this weekend's race. Mm -hmm. So SRX will be at Berlin Raceway 
and NASCAR will be at Michigan International Speedway. And of course, I'm rocking my Michigan throwback shirt today. That's a nice shirt. That's a nice shirt. Yeah. One weekend note. SRX has sent Paul Tracy over to the Kwangbong Tigers. <laughs> uh, he will not be returning to SRX. We didn't know if it was going to be a one-race suspension, but it is uh, a indefinite suspension. And it's funny, be- before this happened, I had realized Paul Tracy, other than maybe Tony Stewart, was the only other driver to run in all of the SRX races so far. So, I, all, yeah, all I'm going to say is, hey, chat, be ready for the video tomorrow. <laughs> be ready for the video tomorrow. Oh, are you doing SRX, bus? Oh, I'm, I'm, I uh, already did that Paul, one. Paul, Paul Tracy, that's all I'm going to say. Paul Tracy, that's all okay, I'm going to say. Okay. <laughs> well, Johnny Benson will be taking over for him in this race at Berlin. Don't expect Johnny Benson to be in there at every race. Um, but of course, I know. Ultimate 23 Dragon. She's uh-huh. going to be happy to see Johnny Benson get back behind the wheel. She's going to be tuning in. Yep. Driving the number 10. It's kind of nice to see him get that old number back. Number 10 in SRX for Johnny Benson. And uh, as far as that SRX race goes, it is at Berlin Raceway, which is that's in Michigan, I do believe. Yep. yep. Um, the start time for this is at 9 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. Weather, we are looking great. Uh, we have High of 88 degrees, humid and partly cloudy, but only a 1% chance of rain, so we should be fine. Defending winner? Well, they've not raced here before, so there is no defending winner. And, uh, Jarrett, can you update us on who the entry list is for this one? Yeah, I'll read off the uh, Heat 1 starting lineup for tomorrow night. Uh, Kyle Busch, Johnny Benson, then Brad Keselowski, Marco Andretti, Kevin Harvick, Bobby Labonte, Tony Stewart, Elio Castroneves, uh, Ryan Newman, Haley Deegan, Casey Kane, and Kenny Schrader. Very, very nice. And then as far as the other series is concerned, the Cup Series race will be the Firekeepers Casino 400. It's a 200-lap race. The stages are broke up into 45 laps, 75 laps, and then 80 laps. That race is scheduled to start at 2.30 p.m. Eastern time on USA with radio coverage on MRN. Weather for Sunday Eh, we ain't looking too hot. <laughs> Sunday, we got a high of 81 degrees, but we are looking at partly cloudy with severe thunderstorms. There is an 80% chance of rain right now. Uh, the defending winner of this race is Kevin Harvick. The current winner, projected winner of this race is Mother Nature. She's favored <laughs> very highly in this one uh, at 80%. That's her odds. Xfinity race is the... What? Got to take a step back for this one. The Xfinity race is the Cabo Wabo 250. <laughs> what the heck is Cabo Wabo? Cabo, I'm looking this up, bro. I'm looking this up right now. I, I've Get never to. heard of this. Cabo Wabo 250. This is a 125-lap race. We have stages broken up into 30 Cabo laps, 30 Wabo laps, and 65 Cabo Wabo laps. Uh, the start time for this one is 3.30 p.m. Yes. Eastern time on in- – wait – Big this, NBC. Wow, Big NBC got the Xfinity series and the Cup series is on USA. That is interesting. Okay. Uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. There's radio ca- Cabo Wabos, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I just saw that. Yeah, yeah. There's it's a restaurant. Well, it says a nightclub company. I guess that's what it says, but it says it's a restaurant. Oh, founded by Sammy Hagar. Oh, there you go. That explains a lot. Okay, go. well, Sammy Hagar brought us Cabo Wabo. Uh, this race will be on NBC with radio coverage on MRN. The Cabo Wabo weather for Saturday is <laughs> 81 degrees, partly sunny, 
only a 9% chance of rain. So we should have a Cabo Wabo winner. The defending Cabo Wabo winner is Ty Gibbs, and he will be in this race this weekend. So remember that for your picks for later on. And uh, getting past Cabo Wabo's race, uh, Darian, what are the betting odds for this weekend's non-Cabo Wabo race? Hey, first off, shout out to the uh, garage guy, specifically Chase. He helped me uh, get some money over the weekend. Really appreciate it, bro. Yeah, uh, speaking of money, apparently my dad won 600 bucks from last week's race and has won a couple hundred bucks per week. So he's like winning over a thousand bucks now. Ooh, did he bet on uh, Briscoe or not uh, Briscoe, uh, Busher to win, I assume? Yeah, yeah. There you go. No, what he does is he he puts like X amount of money on like 12 different drivers and he's been Mm. winning every week. Hey, he needs to play the uh, the DraftKings lineup contest with me, too. He he's, might win some money there. He's better at sure. gambling than Michael Jordan. <laughs> well, Jordan had a lot more money to blow, I guess. So he could just do do whatever you want. But anyways, hopefully your dad's listening again for the famous, for Darian's famous betting odds segment. Favorites for this weekend's race at Michigan, if we get it in, of course. Denny Hamlin at plus 650. Kyle Larson at plus 700. At plus 750 apiece is William Byron and Martin Truex Jr., as well as Kyle Busch, the best of the rest category. Now, the odds are very close for this weekend. Kevin Harvick is plus 850, Ryan Blaney plus 1,000, Tyler Reddick and Christopher Bell both plus 1,200, with Joey Logano being plus 1,400. Now for the underdogs. Again, not typical underdogs numbers, but again, it's pretty close this week, this weekend. Bubba Wallace plus 1,500. That's the best one, in my opinion. Uh, Ross Chastain at plus 1,800. Brad Kozlowski at plus 2,200. Not too bad. Ty Gibbs at plus 2,500. That could also be another good one. Um, and finally, Chris Buescher at plus 4,000. He just won last week. So, hey, if you want to take a chance, throw some money at that. Now, let's get into the um, NWP Fantasy League standings really quickly. In the main league. I don't want that. There we go. In the main NWP Fantasy League, uh, Sean 48 NY has has uh, extended his lead over Trevor Sports 98 in P2. In P3 is Polish Victory Lap, P4 48 Nation. And rounding out the top five is our very own uh, Denny Delivers. So congrats to him on that. As for the NWP Fantasy League 2, we have Race Roar 48 in P1, Room HMS P2, JC underscore 43 P3, 42 Larson 5 and P4, and rounding out the top five is unofficial Illinois representative. There you go. All right. So thank you guys so much for planning this for uh, playing this season. And now and, to the pick points. Yes, moving on from those points, we come into these points. And in first place, with three Cup Series wins, four Xfinity Series wins, and three Truck Series wins, with 390 points is the check. In second, six points back, three Cup Series wins, four Xfinity Series wins, and one truck win is Eric Estep. In third, now only 36 points back, one Cup win, five Xfinity Series wins, two truck wins is Jarrett. And fourth, I'm an has, idiot. I'm an he, idiot. He has fell back closer to me. He's got back in the basement with me. Minus 51, one Cup win, five Xfinity Series wins. And two truck wins is Darian. Hey, I deserved it. I deserved it. And of course, there is me. I I did follow the leaders, so I did not change (laughs) last week. But I'm still minus 62 in the basement with zero cup wins, three Xfinity Series wins, and three three truck wins. In the order of picks this week, 
It will go Jarrett, Darian, myself, the chat, and Jarrett, just because we have a tight race, I would like for you to read Eric's after we have the chat. Today. Oh, okay, so. yep, 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 I'm yep, yep. <laughs> chat, good luck with it. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Well, I guess what, we'll start out with the SRX? Yes. <laughs> Did we all pick the same? No. Oh, okay, okay. Because I'm going with the hometown boy, Brad Ooh. Keselowski. Keselowski mm. was the only one who I saw having the speed to stay up there and contend with Kyle Busch. Uh, and I've noticed that we really, I don't think we've ever had a back-to-back winner, or if we have, it's very rare. So I'm going to go with Bad Brad and try and go four for four, because I am three for three on SRX this year. I'm going to try and go four for four on this one. I'm going to go with Kyle Busch. I am following Darian on this one. I'm going with KFB on this one. And it, and looks, it looks like the chat, for the most part, is going with Kyle Busch as well. At least I see one Benson there. Oh, I saw a couple of them, but nah, I think, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, ma- Bush. it's mainly Kyle Bush getting this one. So, yeah. Jarrett, who does Eric have for this one? I'm the Lone Ranger here. He's got Kyle Bush too. Ooh, the low. Okay. Ow. The Lone Wolf. The Lone Wolf. All right. Xfinity time. Let's see. Uh, I'm not going to go too far off, off the beaten trail with this one. I'm going Ty Gibbs here. <laughs> Ty Gibbs. I same team, but I'm going to John Hunter Nemechek to win this one. Okay, okay. In the chat, yeah. We'll wait for the chat to catch up. Give them a second. Let, let's talk about life for a minute while we give them a chance. How are you? <laughs> how's, how's life, guys? Well, I oh, think it's the- pretty easy because I think they're going with. Uh, <laughs> I thought they were going with Ty Gibbs. Yeah, there we go. Oh, there we go. I've, I've barely seen anything pretty expensive race. Now I'm seeing a couple of hills. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Oh. Wait a minute. Oh, okay, okay. Now we're okay. Hold on. Okay. They're going Gibbs. No, yeah, they're going Gibbs. Yeah, yeah, okay. I see Gibbs. I see Gibbs Which right there. Which is also I, what yeah. Eric is going with. Yep. So Ty Gibbs. Okay, uh, so Danny, kinda, the lone I'm kinda, wolf. I'm kind of surprised. I'm lone wolf on JHN. Come on, Danny, give us a howl. Lone wolf. Oh. There you okay. go. <laughs> <Ow>. now, <laughs> my uh my ooh sucked. So who's gonna suck in a cup race? Uh Ryan Priest. Uh, who'd I pick? Oh, Eric Jones. Just go with the simple. Yep, go with Legacy Motor Club. When in doubt, go with Legacy. <laughs> SHR was good last week, but I'm going with Eric Amaral to suck in this one. All right. And since it doesn't matter, you might as well just put just say Eric suck. Well, he didn't give me a sucker. Dark oh, horse. oh, he didn't. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, that's right. He doesn't have to. Yeah, that's yeah. right. For since he's not here. Um, but I'm assuming. Okay, I see a couple Gregson. of Gregsons. Yeah, we'll just give y'all Gregson. It's not for points. We'll just give y'all Gregson. Yeah, and I guarantee they're not going to be picking Gregson. Nah. All right, the now the next pick, Dark Horse Noah Gregson. He ran uh, oh. very well here last mm-hmm. year uh, he before did. not finishing well. Uh, but I, I think this is a chance for him to get a, a decent run. I don't think he's going to be setting the world on fire. I don't think he's going to be, you know, getting a top five, but top fifteen. I don't think is out of the question. You know, I know he almost won this race last year. Um, you know, I might be a fool for not picking him to win this year, you know, based off the last season, but I'm going to go with Bubba Wallace as a dark horse at the very least. I think he gets a top 10 at the very least, but the best case scenario, I think you could also win too. So I'm just going to go with the dark horse one just to be safe though. All right. For my underdog, I've actually got, I guess you can still call him one, but it's teammate Tyler Reddick. So we're kind of in the same camp there. All right. Um, as for the underdog, I'm seeing mostly Bubba's, which I mean, Chad, are you sure? Cause he might be, a, I'm just saying it might be a contender. I think they're, they're going well, 
I think for the most part there, it's not like this pick matters. Yeah. Yeah, but um, bu- bu- g- yeah. give him bu- 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 which means I can't pick him to win. So yeah, so you can't pick him to win those guys. So, but all right, now for the main event of the evening, who's gonna win this week? Who's gonna win this weekend at Michigan, Jarrett? As long as Denny Hamlin isn't fighting up front against him, I think Kyle Larson. For me, when in doubt, go with the odds. And the best odds are without question, Dennis Hamlin. Denny Hamlin, come in clutch for me, please. This is why I said, are you sure you want to use this one, chat, as your underdog? Because I have Bubba Wallace winning this weekend at Michigan. Smart. Smart man. Smart man. Clearly smarter than the chat. The (laughs) chat, I think, is going Kevin Harvick. Oh, they are going Kevin Harvick, and that's, yeah. that kind of surprised me, but also it well, shouldn't at the same time. He's won here a lot. He won here last year. Yeah, I mean, he was which, great here last year. So, Which means all five of us, four hosts and Chad, have chose different people. Yes. Because Eric chose Tyler Reddick. Oh, another Ooh. interesting one. So, 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 he, so he was with me in the 2311 camp for that Damn. one. Damn. And, you yeah. know, we were just talking about 2311 not closing the deal. But, you know, in the few times they do, I mean, they end up winning, right? So, hey, maybe maybe it'll be this weekend. We'll see. Although, yeah. I, I do think that uh, John might be right in the chat. Maybe they sh- maybe we should give them Almirola. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the way he's running, the way he's running, right? <laughs> oh, man. But, hey, he but, finished higher than the Hendrick cars this week. He did. I know. He was great. He was great from the start, man. But cool. this is good. This is a good weekend where, you know, we had a lot of agreement in the other series, but there is one lone wolf and a couple of them. So we, we could, we will definitely see some change up in the points next week here. So this is pretty interesting. I've been on yeah. the charge. I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that I can keep going on this one. Because uh, wouldn't that be a hell of a comeback if I could make it work? If if it could work, that'd be a hell of a comeback. See, I want to see Danny come back though. I'm you know minus sixty two. That'd be pretty cool. See Danny come. I back. see me and Darian were talking about this after the movie last week. I'm always close. I pick guys who are good, mm-hmm. but but they just miss out behind who you guys had, and that's why yeah. I have zero cup wins. There there was a week where Danny got last place points because he picked the guy who finished third. Because the rest of us picked the guys who finished first and second. <laughs> it was like, holy Jesus. But that's what I like. It's like, it's like more we're, all, we're all picking good people, but if your guy is third and the rest of them are first and second, then you're yeah. screwed. Yeah, pretty much. That'll do it for this week, though. You can join us next week on Wednesday night, August 9th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. It'll be on Eric Eastet's channel, so he's not with us tonight, but he will be the host next week. And you can join us that where we break down everything that happened at Michigan International Speedway. We'll also break down what's going to be happening at the Indianapolis Road Course and also IRP for the Truck Series. Got to remember, it's not just happening at the Indianapolis Motor mm-hmm. Speedway. And we will also break down drivers number 15 through 11 in our top 75 drivers lineup. Goodbye. Keep going. Uh, oh. Wait, me? Yeah, keep going. going. Oh, goodbye. Let's see how long he'll do it for. What the f***, Cubby? Right, slow down. We had to go play.